Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The scenario is Night Floors. It was written by Dennis Detweiler, and it's available as part of a Delta Green sourcebook entitled Countdown. You can find it on DriveThruRPG. Our game master is Matthew Sanderson, and this is episode three. Our recap will be given by yours truly as my character, Agent Hopper Legrand, a.k.a. Agent Shaw. So without any further delay, let's begin our let's continue our journey into the darkness. Mission briefing K3135. Special Agent Shaw reporting August 10th, 1998. Investigating possible temporal or spatial anomalies within the McAllister building, located on East 32nd Street, New York City, New York. Building appears normal from the outside, three levels plus a basement. Apartments are labeled by floor A, B, and C, and numbers one through four, with the basement rooms labeled S, one through four. We have had a number of odd paranormal anomalies within the building. These are presented in no particular order, but I'll try and relay them as I remember encountering them. Instance one. While inside Abigail Laura's Wright's room, I was examining the mixed media artwork composed of various items from various periods in time, specifically the Edwardian period, the 1930s and the 1970s. I could hear music from the room of Mr. Roger Caroon, the author. As I stood staring at the wall, a voice whispered into my ear something about taking off my mask, at which point a featureless mask with eye holes made of white porcelain appeared at my feet. I followed procedure and I kept my eyes averted from looking into the eye holes or placing it near my face. Instance two, the sound, smells, and feces of a large canine were manifested at various places within the structure. On the third level, room C1 contained a great deal of dog feces and urine. The presence of a large mastiff was physically and auditorily, but not visually perceived by all those present. The partially incorporeal animal was subsequently, uh, it has subsequently imprinted on Agent Sinclair due to his giving it food. The creature seems to be able to ingest and excrete material substance and is able to be felt by the agents but it is also able to pass through doors and walls, does not seem hostile. Instance three, on the same level of the building, we saw and heard another presence, a man in a pinstriped outfit. Uh, We have labeled him Abigail's boyfriend. He moved from room C2 to C3 through the walls and bathroom and out of the building through the walls. This was mainly seen by Agent Sampson, but also partially by me. uh, Instance four, We have found parts of a play typed on standard paper. Each piece seems to make reference to our team of Delta Green agents by their code names. The script seemed to refer to instances from each of our pasts that would not be known to those outside of A-Cell. In Stiles' case, it made mention of the super, which may be a reference to the entity behind all of this. Instance five, Agent Smythe, unfortunately has been compromised. My assessment is it may be temporary and of a benign nature. 
so far it is manifesting itself as Felicia, uh, uh, as she is able to see things that are otherwise invisible. For example, she can see the dog. This came about thanks to her mishandling of a scrying mirror created by my estimation sometime in the mid 1800s in Paris. One of the tenants, Mr. Louis Post, was the owner of the mirror and became hysterical after Agent Smythe discovered it. He had to be removed from the building. We do not know what she saw in the mirror, but she continues to see it after she smashed the mirror. I have collected the pieces except for one, which I have allowed her to keep. She seems concerned that she can see an entity. Uh, perhaps it is the super. Instance six, the building is inhabited mainly by artists in multiple fields. In the basement level, there are eight paintings brushed a solid white on both the front and the back of the canvas. After the mirror incident, Agent Smythe went to the basement and observed these canvases, saying that they showed a yellow sigil of some sort. She also donned a mask that had appeared to her. We managed to convince her to remove it before she moved on. She is, however, unwilling to follow procedure or recognize that she has been compromised. Termination may be in order, but her value to Delta Green must be weighed before such a drastic course of action can be followed. Instance seven, there are strong indications that other floors exist within the building, but only at certain times. This has been deduced from various pieces of evidence found around the building, including a receipt referring to room S10 and one of the above theatrical scripts referring to the fourth floor and floors above that. Finally, instance six. Shortly after the sun went down, the tenants of the first floor in unison stepped from their rooms and moved in a most unnatural manner. Mr. Karun moved up the stairs and Agent Smythe followed. Agent Sinclair and myself followed behind them. Once on the third level, we noted, as we had suspected, that the stairs now continued to a fourth level. The door opened to a lounge. Agent Smythe went inside and began speaking to a man that she identified as Mark Rourke, a character from the play that we had found earlier. There were stairs within leading up farther to presumably higher up levels. We do not know how to correctly assess the events and things that we've seen in this apartment building. We will leave that to ACEL to determine. We will continue to observe and record what we see in the hopes of closing the door to this incursion. It is my assumption that should something happen to us, additional Delta Green agents will be assigned. If I am unable to file this report, I will leave it in a place where Delta Green will find it. I would now assess the threat level of this building to be high, but not yet extremely high. All agents, including myself, should be treated as if we were compromised. Hopefully some of us will make it out without too great a loss of sanity. This concludes my report, Agent Shaw. Right. Mark this play. This, this play, I, I, I'm a character in it too. He looks kind of taken aback and say, well, you, you haven't been here before, so how, how have you got in already? No, I, I, I've, I've seen it in the pages. 
Oh, you mean the uh, the author's new new draft, yeah, one that's yes. been one that's I've... been circulating. My yes, 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 I'm in it. Oh, oh what a privilege and an honor it is. <laughs> you must have you must have high things set for you. Oh, I hope hey, so. Come, pull, pull up a pew. I do so. <laughs> okay, then from Hopper's and Martin's position on the stairs, you can see uh, Beverly sits down. Um, in a high back chair, kind of opposite a table that's opposite this uh, this Mark Rourke fella that you can see. Well, sits sits down on a uh, back down in his chair, so you can just see his arm and uh, cigar perched on the edge of his uh, the edge of his ashtray. It, it's Hopper and myself, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, my bad. Just making yeah. sure. Sorry. <laughs> so yeah, Hopper and Charles. So. I uh, I whisper over to Charles. I'm like. But let's just keep observing. Hey, um, you two can hear the sound of footsteps behind you coming up the stairs. All right. Sort of step to the side. Who is it? Uh, Thomas, Mr. Manuel from downstairs. Uh, he's coming up the stairs. Um, when he rounds the corner, heading up between floors three and four, you can see he looks directly to the dog and kind of gets this big grin on his face and says, oh, who's a good boy? I've been wondering where you've been. Oh, he was a pretty boy. And roughs the, uh, the fur on the back of, his, uh, back of his back. Can we see the dog at this point in time? Nope. The only one of you that can see it at the minute is Beverly. Okay. But he can, he can see something because he goes straight to where it is. Right. Well, if he's going to want to come up to the lounge, we'll just sort of move to the side of the stairs and then go. We won't yep, he, yep, he heads up. Um, he looks again, looks at you a bit quizzically as you're stood there and says, you, um, You're not coming up? Well, we'd like to assess the situation. Can you explain why there are more floors now on the, in the building? Well, what do you mean more floors now? The, the floors are always here. How many floors are there on this building? Oh, I've, I've not gone all the way to the top, but I know it goes way, well, it goes way past seven. Way past seven. Okay. Well, Mark lives on seven. I know he said that there's more floors beneath him. Um, could, above you answer, him could you answer your question for me? What year is it? Year? Yeah. What year is it? You know, raises an eyebrow. You know, they only say that in sci-fi films, I've heard. Yeah, you said that earlier. But what year is it for you right now? It's actually Roger that said it earlier. But Oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, 98. Two years until the big Y2K, the Millennium Bug, when everything comes shattering down. Yeah. Uh, well, no, we're, we're, we're discussing things outside. Well, what's, what's going on? Uh, well, just enjoying the evening, that's all. Normally come up here for, for a drink, for a social. I mean, there's the, the bar in the corner is free and open to all the residents. So, yeah, that's it. I mean, if you want, if you want to know more about the, about the place, I suggest having a word with the night manager. I mean, his, his office is just round there, and he points up towards the door into the into the smoking lounge. All right, well, maybe we'll do that. Okay. And Jaeger gives the dog enough uh, pat on the head again, and then heads on into the lounge. I uh, I pull out my notebook and I start scribbling. Oh, Thomas! What I just wrote. <laughs> oh, my dear <laughs> Thomas! It's so good to see you. Hey, hello there. Oh, you finally came up here looking for Abigail then. Oh, why, why, why? Yes, we have we have things to discuss. I, we've already we've 
our our, our lines in the play. We we we've had this dialogue, but I just it's important. It's important. Oh, very, this is an very. exciting night for me. I mean, you, I'm I'm finally glad that the FBI have been uh, taking seemingly an, an active grasp of the situation now. I mean, I've been telling you guys that she's just moved up onto floor six for weeks, and she no no one bothers coming up here. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, yes, it's how, how silly we have been. <laughs> Charles. Uh, don't, don't worry about it. It's just a say, couple, of, couple of rows, up, a couple of stairways up. You can't miss it. Floor, floor, floor six. Yeah, um, F. So she's, she's in F10. Charles, you stay here and, I, and observe. I, I'm going to go take one of those you got it. off the shelf. The books, you mean? Yeah, one of those books that are up here. Oh, right okay. Now, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to peruse it as I start heading up. Okay. Um, in which case, Mark chuckles as you head over to um, head over to the wall, and says, oh, "Yeah, that kind of confirms a suspicion of mine." <laughs> oh, and, and and what would that be? Thought I recognised a face. It's oh. always the it's always the quiet ones that go for go for that kind of material. <laughs> wow. Okay, I, I'm um, going. I'm going downstairs to get uh, Leon and uh, Martin. Gotcha. Yep, you can head back down there. And I'll leave my notebook somewhere where uh, it could be easily found by Delta Green. <laughs> stash, stash, in a, stash it in a closet somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Charles doing anything on the stairway? Oh, you're muted. I picked up taking notes where, where Hopper left off. Gotcha. No worries. Yep, nothing will disturb you on the stairway. And then Martin and Leon downstairs, having put together this weird phrase on the, on the, uh, the old word processor. We've all been yeah. compromised, Leon. All of our names, they, they, they know too much. Yeah, I think you're right. Do we see uh, Thomas, because last time we saw him, he was doing the microphone under mm -hmm. the carpet. So do we see him go up? Um, yeah, you, if you pay attention to the doorway to get, or keep okay. an ear out, you may probably hear him rather than see him. Yeah, but yeah, you, you'll well, be aware. If, if we heard him, we stick our head out the door and, uh, hey, uh, Martin. Uh, while the others have uh, have gone up following the rest, why don't we uh, why don't we go check out um see if um obviously something's changed over this this thing. Let's go check downstairs see if anything uh anything's popped up down there. Oh, check the basement. Yeah, yeah, that might be a good idea. And then now, after we give that a thorough once over, we'll go up and meet up with uh, with, with the others. And yeah, Charles. I think uh, so far. I mean, just it sounds like Beverly may be compromised. So uh, we, it's good that they're keeping an honor, but we might have to do. Um, well, you know what the yeah. training is. It it might just be field fatigue, but you're right. She may be compromised. All right, let's go check out the basement. Okay. As you are going, you come out of the apartment. That's the point when Hopper comes down onto the first floor landing. Guys. Yeah. There's more floors. Right. Where, which, yeah, okay, so. Beverly has gone into a place called the lounge on the fourth floor. Uh, Tucker is watching her. Um, I'm wondering, too, if there is now more basements. Well, that's what I wanted. If if that's the case, what about this S10 that that Abigail was renting out? Right. 
let's uh, let's just take a look in the basement. But I don't want to. If there is some sort of an incursion or a temporal anomaly, I don't want to pass through it. Oh yeah, uh, totally. True. I think. Uh, but uh, Thomas said that it's still 1998, as far as he knows. So it might not be time. It might just be space. But, but Charles and Beverly are working together up top. Beverly has gone into the room. She's engaged with the people inside. She's, I think she's gone. Oh, she, she's not gone into the room to investigate? but No, she's gone into the room as if she wanted to go there. She says yeah. there's some sort of a party or a ball that's going to be going on. I think so she's compromised. Yeah, but so far there's she's not doing anything hostile or dangerous. So I think observation is the best for now. We can't let her drag us into right. Exactly. Watch yeah. yourselves. I I think it might not be a good idea to leave uh, Charles up there solo. Then right, right. Uh, but let's. Well, let's. I'll tell you what. I'll go back up. You guys check the basement. Um, I have we left. Go, we won't go into anywhere, but we'll check to see if there is more rooms. I have yeah. left. Uh, I have left a notepad with my observations on it uh, for Delta Green if they have to replace us. Mm. Um, usually, when I come back down, I'll probably I'll see if I can find an envelope and stick it in that and put it in the mail. But all right, I'll, I'm going to go back up to with Charles. Understood. Careful. We'll, we'll be up after clearing the basement. Right. Okay, so you head right, down yeah. to the you head down to the basement you can immediately see that something is different here and the four rooms at least the four doors that you've seen previously are still there when you look down the corridor to where the where the junction box was and the fuse box that you'd seen earlier and had very much tested the fact that yet it is a solid wall there's no way that this could be anything else but that wall isn't there anymore Beyond it, stretching almost into vanishing point, is just an ever-extending corridor with more doors lined off it. You can see the gleaming signs S5, S6, S7, S8, and so on, going off into infinity. Oh my god. That's not good. Leon, are you seeing this? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. Should we, uh, what do we do? Should we go check out this S10 or? Yeah, um, yeah, not go any farther than S10 and then go right up to report and, yeah. Yeah. uh, okay. with Hopper and Charles. Watch my sticks. All right. And so we'll, uh, we'll slowly make our way down the endless corridor until we get to uh, S10, check the door. Obviously, with as you know, gun up. Oh yeah, <laughs> at the ready. <laughs> okay, well, you head down there. The door, when you give the handle a try, does seem to be unlocked. So I'll go to the far opposite side of the door that Leon's at. Mm -hmm. uh, and once I see him in position and ready to go, I'll I'll, uh, I'll turn the handle and open it. Um, uh, with a said gun at the ready. Mm -hmm. Okay, you open the door, 
and it opens up into what looks like a, a very old office. I mean, there's wooden floorboards rather than the concrete floor that you've previously seen. There's windows with curtains shut um, on both sides of the room, but how can it be an external room when you're below ground? Mm. Uh, there's paperwork strewn almost everywhere. I mean, there's sheets of paper that are uh, having fallen from a desk that you can see is right in the dead center of the room that they've then just fallen and scattered. And behind the desk is this old hunched man with um, an almost bald head, just tufts of hair going over his ears, scribbling away in this big leather bound book. Um, he looks up at you as you come in through the door and just God, makes very quick um, eye contact with both of you. FBI, identify yourself. Um, do you have an appointment? FBI. We don't make appointments. FBI. What? What? What is? What is FBI? I, I know the letters, but what's... Hmm. I look around the room to either side of him. Uh, is Is there anyone else in this room? The only thing that you see when you give a quick glance is that off to your left, in the kind of tucked away in the left-hand corner of the room, is this mean old-looking cat that sat there glaring at you. And when you, when you see it, he just hisses. Shit. Who are you? Me? Uh, the name's Wild. You can call me Mr. Wild. Mr. Wild? What floor are we on? Um, a wooden one? <laughs> what year is it? What? What do you mean, what year is it? Exactly what I said. What is the current year? Nin 1923. What, what other year would it be? Just checking. Are, are you here to have your reputations repaired, or are you just here to point guns at me and a vague... Is that, is that what you do? You, you repair reputations? Yes. Do you have a reputation that's in, in need of repair? No, but we might know someone who does. Oh, who might that be? An associate of ours. She's upstairs. Do you know anything about a party or a, a ball going on at the moment? <laughs> yes, yes, I, I certainly do. It's a, a party that's going to be going for a very, very long time. And uh, do you know Abigail? Abigail? Uh, Abigail Laura Wright? Yes, yes. She did, indeed. She's uh, paid me for my services to repair her reputation in order to get her a, uh, get her a seat at the... Or rather a, at least a ticket through the door to the grand party itself. So people need to get a, a uh, repair their reputation to get a ticket from you to get into the, the ball. Is that correct? Well, it's, it's one way of, and at midpoint, the cat just screeches, leaps across the room and scratches into the face of the old man who promptly falls back on his chair and then hits the ground. 
you don't see the body hit the ground because the desk is in the way, but you see this explosion of clockwork pieces that just scatters all over the floor. Can you give me a sanity check, please? Yes, yes, you can. Yes, you can get a sanity roll on that. From the old man? Yep. If you, um, oh, you go around the, the corner, uh, if you go around the, kind of work your way around the edge of the desk and then look behind, you just see this uh, almost porcelain face cracked open and this body that has just erupted in cogwork pieces. A spring flies off in one direction. You see wheels and cogs having just scattered everywhere. Is, where's the cat? Uh, the cat is a um, taxidermid, frozen in position, solid cat. Holy shit. I failed even out of an 80. I rolled 88 out of 80. And there's no I luck. Passed. Okay, pass. Yeah, you do not spin luck. <laughs> not oh, me, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I have none. Pass is one. So that's one for Samson. And a D3 for failure, please, from... All right, that's two. Two okay. last. Perfect. Thank you very much. That's my tracker sheet kept updated. We'll skip back upstairs to Beverly. Yeah. Right, um, Beverly, uh, you can also give me a sanity check, please. Don't buy it as a pass. Okay. Uh, just the one point then for, for passing that. As you flick through the book, the book only has one, one theme, one content. Hardcore 1920s porn. All of it's in black and white. There are figures, all of them are dressed wearing masks. But they, they are in a whole array of the most lewd, the most debased, the most, in some cases, just frankly bizarre acts. Uh, some of them appear normal as well beneath the mask. Others are, let's say, different. There's an array that at the time may have found their way into the likes of freak shows or um, anatomical exhibitions. Some of them are very much like the Elephant Man. Um, others are more, say, fishy. You can see bulging eyes behind the mask. You can always see slits that could be gills in the side of the, uh, the, side of the neck. And as you're flicking through, um, one particular piece almost looks like a, a mermaid um, with this mask over her face is leaning in as if um, as if to kiss a figure that's uh, strapped in this sort of leather outfit that even though she wears a mask you'd know your own face when you saw it and that's what makes you pause while looking at the uh, looking at the book and mark's chuckle uh, wafting up from downstairs, oh, saying, "I recognise. I know. I always recognise a face." <laughs> hmm. I wonder if the others are in here. Now you keep on flicking through, and there must be tens of thousands of pages of this pornographic material throughout all of those books downstairs. So, the chances of you even finding yourself in there were pretty uh, pretty slim. It does not look like the others are in there, at least not in the book you're holding. Wow. Right, you get to the top of the stairs, so you now are on floor five. 
you can see that the corridor goes ahead of you as well as to the left and right. Um, you can vaguely hear in the distance the sound of um, another, well, it might be a record player, or at least some kind of music is being played, but it sounds a little different in quality to the, um, to the record playing Dead Man Stomp downstairs. That it's, it seems like an older machine. It's a bit more scratchy. It's also it's like somewhere far away. You, you're unable to pinpoint at the minute where the sound is coming from. What do you do? Oh, I go look for it. Okay. All right. You have one, two, three, four, five failed sanity checks under your belt now. That's good. And you're on your own. You wander off through the corridors. There doesn't seem to be a rhyme or reason to where the corridors go. They all have the same aesthetic as downstairs, that this seems to be some Edwardian construct. Lots of mahogany, lots of very of velvety uh, textured wallpaper. And as you pass from uh, between doors, some of them, they're all marked up here, so it'd be A, B, C, D, E. They're, these are all E rooms. So you'd be seeing like E1, E2, but then it skips to E356, E792, and it just goes on in a seemingly incomprehensible pattern of rooms. There are noises coming from some of them. Others are completely quiet. Uh, when I say noises, it's, it could be the sound of people moving around. You might hear the sound of coughing. It's almost like walking through a hotel that it feels like there are many many occupants here but you do eventually hmm? okay no no no. i'll just keep going okay but now you you do eventually come to after having taken several twists and turns you do come to a door that's just marked e there's no number on it and you're fairly sure you can hear the sound of a typewriter typing away and the sound of this music coming from inside The music stops and the typewriter goes silent. And the door creaks open. Back downstairs. So, um, Hopper, whereabouts are you going? Um, I'm on the way back up the stairs. Uh, and I get back to Charles. Mm -hmm. uh, Charles, I found them. They're going to check out the basement to see if there's also extra rooms down there. But I told them not to go into any anomalies that they find. So we'll Car see. Carverly went deeper in. Oh, you was, did? No, Beverly did. Oh, jeez. She, she went up the stairs? Yeah, I was about to follow when I heard you coming up the stairs. So I no. no, there's something really wrong here. I'm afraid that if we step in there, we won't ever step out again. They could certainly close the door and the whole thing could fade out and we could be stuck. I think it's on a night schedule being with the mention of the night manager. No, well, I just, I, I'm at the moment, to be perfectly honest, I'm absolutely terrified. Good. It's not just me. And I reached down to pet the invisible dog. Mm -hmm. oh, he's, he's still there. Well, he, she, it, we respect his privacy. Did you give it a name? Uh, spirit. Oh. <laughs> Jeez, it couldn't be a spot or 
Oh, Rover. I figure that Rover. <laughs> you can hear up at the top of the staircase above you. Um, you can hear someone moving around, and Mark comes into into view and kind of holding a whiskey, uh, a glass of whiskey. Go cocks his head towards you. Is you going to stay there all night? Well, I have to admit that we're a little um, disturbed by something that wasn't here just an hour ago. Well, what do you mean wasn't here? Of course it's been here. It's always been here. Oh, well, it's not here during the daytime when we're inside the building. Oh, what defines daytime? Uh, when the sun is out, when the earth has turned in its rotation to face the sun. Isn't there always a half of the earth that's in darkness? Yeah, well, when this half is in the darkness, the rooms are here. When it's not in the darkness, they're not here. I think you just have to look a bit harder. No, we look pretty hard. Um, can you? Do you mind if I just ask you some questions? Then? He shrugs. Can do if you want. I'd prefer to do it sitting down. Oh well. Miss Abigail, um, mm -hmm. you say in, in in at least part of the play that she went upstairs. Is that correct? But she moved upstairs? I mean, I haven't seen a lot of the author's new work yet, so I'm not sure what I'm supposed to I do. see, I see. But I remember, yeah, I mean, I've, I've said repeatedly that she's gone up with that creep on, on onto floor six, that she's uh, living with the encyclopedia salesman. The encyclopedia salesman, is he dressed in a pinstripe suit with, uh, you know? Yeah, that's him, that's the creep. Looks like he's from the 1920s or 30s. Hopper, um, what do you mean from the twenties or thirties? I mean the the year twenty nineteen twenty three, twenty four. Oh, okay, fair enough. I hadn't realised he'd been here that long. Uh, you were going to say something, Charles? Yeah. Uh, would refresh what you just said again. Um, something that Abigail or somebody hasn't written this yet, or the author hasn't written it. Who who are you referring to? Well, the author. I mean, I haven't read what he's written yet. I mean, I, I know he's passed a lot to the other guests here in the hotel that he's been sliding them under people's doors to give um, to give them an idea of the kind of stuff he's writing. I, th I think he's looking for some kind of critique or he's looking for some feedback. But oh. Who's uh, the author? What's his name? Good question. Uh, never asked his name. Uh, so it's not uh, Callum. Who? Mr. Callum. Mr. Callum? Oh, Karen. No, Roger. No, Karen, sorry. No, no, it's def definitely not him. He he wouldn't be capable of, of such greatness. So you, maybe I'm misunderstanding this, but you don't know what you're going to do until the author writes what you're going to do? Is well, oh, no, I, I, know, I know what I'm going to do. That's that's crazy talk. I mean, I, I've been written into the play as a character. I know I feature in the new version that he's working on. Yeah, you don't know what the character is going to do until he sees it, so he hasn't seen it. Yeah, um, I mean, it's a work in progress as far as I'm led to believe. Who is the super? The super's the super, the superintendent. You see him anytime? Nah, <laughs> I, I don't go that high up in the uh, up in the hotel. Um, he, he's up in the penthouse having a party anyway. He's up in the penthouse. Mm -hmm. I see. I mean, well, if, if, if you want to have a word about the super, I can get I can get the night manager for you. I mean, his, his office is just over there. Well, yeah. Could you have him come over here and talk to us, please? 
um, yeah, I mean, he might ask you to come into his office. Yeah. But... Um, I will go, go ask him if, if he wouldn't mind. Tell him that uh, we have a difficulty we need to discuss with him. Sure. I mean, he, that's what he's here to do. He's here to fix problems and difficulties. Jesus um, Christ, he... Tucker, I don't know if we should go in there or not. I really oh. don't want to. Uh, he that. wanders out of sight and you can hear a knocking on a wooden door. Right, we'll cut back to Martin and Leon. So, Wilder cra uh, cracked open on the floor and just revealed this bed of this carpet of co clockwork pieces and there's a stuffed cat in front of you. What do you do? Oh, what the hell? Oh, Jesus. Um... I'm going to check, uh, look out the window. I'm going to pull the curtain back and, and, yeah. Okay. You open up the curtain and thrust the, uh, the sheets aside. And beyond the curtain, uh, beyond the window, it opens up into a living room. You can see that there's pieces of kind of old threadbare furniture. There's another window on the, uh, the edge of that as well. Um, on the other side, that opens up into a kitchen that you can see is very much a an old country um, house style kitchen and there's there's another window beyond that that opens up into what looks like a or maybe a library perhaps or a, a definitely some kind of room with uh, books line in the very small dis in the distance then beyond that you can see there's another window which opens up into a study can you give me a sanity check please yes okay oh that's a fail the dawning realization is that while this should be an exterior room there is no exterior space the outside world no longer exists while you're down here can you give me a d3 please yes okay i'm One. looking If, if Martin's looking as well, you can def oh, uh, you can also give me that sound uh, check. I, I I was looking towards the uh, the desk, wanted to see what he was writing, the paperwork, and also just look at the gears and the parts that he disintegrated into, just sort of checking that area out. No worries. Uh, how much? Well, how many points did Leon lose? Just so I can keep my track just, up to date. Just the one. I uh, just lost the one. Okay. Right. Martin sees then this book is a huge ledger which seems to be documenting clients, um, cases where it seems that their reputation has been damaged, and then the amount they've been charged, and then confirmation that the case has been closed and that the reputation has been repaired. Uh, there are rows upon rows of examples of this, page after page after page, in this very tight copper plate hand. Does it indicate what they're being charged? Is it a dollar amount or is it something else referenced? It is dollars, yes. Huh. And there are, there are references to places that makes uh, definitely strike a chord, like New York is mentioned, uh, Washington, Stanford, etc. They're all American places, all on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. um, as, as you're flicking through, some of them also makes, uh, make reference to a war as well. Like reputation damaged on the battlefield, or wounded returned uh, returned home, um, pushed towards uh, con contemplated using suicide chamber or lethal chamber rather. 
I collect up some of this, like a sampling material of this here. Mm -hmm. uh, as evidence I want to sort through later and put in a uh, file. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, the pages are really thin, so you can easily tear out a few of them and then fold them gently and put them in your pocket. Okay. The, the gears uh, of the, uh, and the, what the older man shattered into, I, I poke around there if, if I have time with the Leon. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's they're all polished brass. Um, they look slightly corroded as if they're fairly old or they haven't been cleaned particularly well. But yeah, they're, they seem to be normal clockwork pieces, but obviously in a very, very unconventional setting. You saw this, Leon, right? The, the, he shattered into this. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I and I'm going to, I'll close the curtain. I'll be like, uh, Martin, I'm not exactly sure what we've walked into, man, but, uh, shit, we, I think we gotta, I think we gotta get Legrand and, and Tucker and, and, uh, maybe, uh, find somewhere we can hold up until, uh, until day. Yeah, agreed. We, we don't want to go into anything, um, any sort of anomaly as uh, Hopper suggested we should not. So just checking this room out, we should backtrack now and, uh, and yeah. get back up with Hopper and Charles and yeah. see. Okay. Uh, all right. Touch base with them. So we will back out of the room um, and uh, do, I guess, like a last check around, see if anything catches the eye. Uh, if not, we'll close the door and, and head back the way we can. Yep, nothing else catches the uh, catches your attention, so you can shut the door gently behind you. Cool. And as you walk away, maybe muffled slightly through the door, you think you hear the distinctive hiss of a cat. I kind of shake it off like, no. Okay, otherwise you are able to get back to the stairs without any problem. And then, you've, as you say, you're heading up to go and see Hopper and Charles? Yep, you find them at the top of the staircase. So looking out into this weird smoking lounge where the roof should be. You guys, uh, so were there extra rooms? Oh, yeah. It's it's a mess down there, man. Like, listen, they, uh, we went to S10. There's this guy there. He was talking about uh, uh, repairing people's re reputations. And, and once you got that repaired, you that gave you the the invitation to get in the doorway. Uh, completely, he didn't know what FBI was. Um, he said that the year was 1928. Uh, the, then the, this horrible looking cat attacked him and he burst into clockwork pieces and the, the cat was taxidermied. I, there was a window down there, I opened that up and it's just a endless, like it was, I was looking to a living room and then the window in there I was looking through to a kitchen. It, the place down there is a mess. I think we need to find somewhere we can hold up and just wait it out. Wait what out? Well, whatever the hell this is. We've, We've met shifted. some of these people during the day. So obviously there's a cycle. There's a cycle of, of something that all of this shit stops we're, at uh, a certain point. We're about to be talking to the night manager. And Beverly um, went in. Yeah, Beverly went in. She went up the stairs. She's she's gone. We don't know where she is. Beverly's um, compromised. 
Yeah, you're compromised also. You walked into the anomaly. You went to S10. I'm not compromised. I'm not compromised in the same sense as of Beverly. Beverly there's went no, in. There's I had no same sense. I had compromised I, is compromised. I got out. Yeah, you, you are telling me that uh, as clockwork people and as stuffed cats and there's endless outside, you've been compromised. Yeah, but he's um, still acting like Leon, whereas Beverly... Well, no, of course he is. Yeah, you're fine, Leon. You, you've Martin. been minorly compromised. Um, was there clockwork? Was there a clockwork guy in his Dexter? He guy? went with yeah. you. I yeah, I saw. Yeah. I stepped into the room. I saw right. what he saw. Yeah, so it's, it's, we're compromised it's, in the exact same way. It's not a big deal. We may all be compromised. Very little of what we're seeing might be real. We we might be locked up in a booby hatch somewhere, uh, with padded That's walls. Cool. For all we know, um, why are you just standing there without moving? Just completely frozen all of a sudden. With He's a very really dumb look on your face. I'm a there stump. you are. <laughs> All right, you came back. You were you were completely frozen. I was making fun of you for now. All right. Sure. <laughs> uh, um, well, here's the thing. So far, Tucker and I are the only ones who haven't walked into this thing. At least as far as we know. Do you guys want to go inside? That might be a good idea just into this room. And Leon, if either of us start talking about uh, uh, disregarding our concerns and safety and going further in, we need to remind the other, we need to go back to the others first. Well, as long as you're completely yeah. understanding the risk that you might be, you might lose your minds walking in there. Yeah, well, you're um, right. We, well, we, we have, know that every time any of us go anywhere, we know that's a possibility. <laughs> uh, so the guy inside job. claims that uh, the guy inside is identified as uh, as Rourke, uh, Michael Rourke, okay. which is from the uh, the script. Now let me check. Is when we were talking or uh, we were talking downstairs, he said that the night manager was on the floor. He was on this floor below. Well, he, he got it wrong. He's rooms. on this floor, right through uh, here. Right. So if you are willing to go inside and talk to him, we're going to wait here by the door. But he said uh, we're hoping uh, that he'll come out here to the door and talk to us. Well, let's let's see if he comes out. Let's see if he comes out. All right. Let's not throw me in to be the guinea pig. You hear a door opening out of sight, and then footsteps. Mark pokes his head round the corner, at the top of the stairs, smiles. As he does so, as he's cocking his head, you can actually see his hair is a wig because um, it slides gently Two, yeah. onto one side. So a toupee. Yeah. Uh, he just smiles down at you and says, yeah, um, yeah, the night manager says he'll see you now. He wants, us, you. Oh. He, he wants us to come in. Yeah. So I look over at uh, Leon and Martin. Are you willing I to go? I step back. I step back from up. Uh, I'll be like, it's your call. I'm. If you, I'm not going to force you to go in there. Beverly's the uh, senior field agent here, I think, and no longer. She's compromised. Do we have a chain of? Uh, an not really. Not really. We're here using our own judgment on this. Oh, uh, um, muted. 
Yeah, Tucker just keeps moving his lips. What? Um, sure. Uh, Legrand is the um, is the senior uh, is the senior agent. He's Am been I? I've only been on this same thing for seven years. Listen, whatever yes, happened longer than me. <laughs> and whatever happened to Beverly happened before she stepped through that door. So Agreed. yeah, that's, that's true. She had happened when she looked in that mirror. And just don't yeah. We need to. I'll just be the one to say it. Either get her out of here or eliminate her. So we have to go through those doors. Well, well if we go out, true. is the front door still exiting the building? We don't know. We don't no. know, but no, apparently no, no, no. this entire entire building, well, I would guess from here down, at least before you get to the basement, we're in a normal building, but we don't know uh, that for sure. Things changed at nighttime, adding on upstairs downstairs so we don't even know what's out the front door it's true if there's nothing out the front door if it's just a void then there's no point going in to extract beverly because where would do you we know do you know what but do you know what might be interesting nobody's is, talking about abigail's abigail's room right now all right but, but nobody's not nobody's talking about extracting beverly we're talking about talking to the night manager Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. And seeing if you guys can find out any information about what the fuck's going on. Okay. You keep saying, uh, us guys, you've got legs. I ain't going in. I told you I am absolutely 100% not walking through that door. But you've already done that. You did it downstairs. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So Hopper, Charles, they have not gone anywhere that this building... It's did weird. not exist before. However, we're standing here right here at the door. Yeah. You can ask us at any time, what time is it? What year is it? Whatever. And we're going to yell in and make if sure that you call, guys come out before the, the sun comes up. If, if we call for backup for help, are you going to come and get it to us? Tucker will. I will. <laughs> okay, I step in. I take one full okay. step in, in, inside. I'll follow Martin for backup. Fucking hell. Okay, you step into the smoking lounge. So Mark Rourke is just to one side. He smiles and gestures towards the wall over to your right, so where you couldn't see it from just stood on the staircase. And there's a door that has the words Night Manager emblazoned upon a sign. And he just gestures over to it as the door cracks open and slowly creaks open and says, yeah, the, the Night Manager will see you now. One floor above you, Beverly is stood looking at a door which is also creaking open. Uh, the smell of sweat, the smell of uh, cigarettes, the smell of booze just wafts out towards you. And it's not gut-wrenchingly bad, but it's, it's bad. Do you still want to head in? Yes. Okay. You swing the door open. And you're confronted with what you think would be probably an old, again, probably uh, probably 30s, you think, here, uh, style apartment where it's very, very cramped. Um, you can see an old um, oak table in one corner where there's a uh, typewriter positioned on it. And then there's a beaten up sofa that's on the other side of that. There's a bed um, in the corner directly to your right as you come in. It's kind of an old wire frame with, you imagine, very squeaky uh, springs, uh, rusted springs underneath it. 
there are clothes dotted around the room, seemingly hung at various positions, uh, shirts, um, dungarees, trousers, uh, suspenders, all of which reek with body odour. Um, they're sweat-stained. The room is almost oppressively hot as well. There are no windows that lead to any other, um, any other room or any other external view here. And there's no other door apart from the one you've come in through. Um, you can see that next to the typewriter, or even on the typewriter, there is a page which is uh, just barely clasping on to uh, holding onto the typewriter before it would fall out, out of the roller. And there are other blank sheets scattered on the floor, some, ty um, some typed as well, but mostly blank. Are they... Oh, what's... What are they writing? Is it the play? Is this the room of the author? Oh, well, if you go to the sheet on the tape on the typewriter itself you can see this mark i can assure you that the dog is quite harmless sinclair points the points the gun at the floor all around the smoking lounge evidently afraid sinclair yelling but it's invisible mark shrugging you're quite wrong about that i can assure you that big old gray-haired mastiff is far from invisible. The sound of panting and unseen feet padding around the smoking lounge are heard again. Sinclair tries to identify its source. Sinclair, yelling, stop fucking with me. Mark, smiling, I'm sorry, but you're really not my type. Sinclair, relaxing slightly. I've seen strange shit involving dogs before, but not like this. Mark, oh? Sinclair, yeah, dog from nowhere came out of nowhere and, and tore a person to shreds after taking a pill. Fucked up shit, man. Fucked up. Mark looks like he's had a revelation and goes to the bookcase. Mark. That's it, doggy. That's it. Doggy style. I knew I'd seen you before. Sinclair looks confused as Mark pulls a book from the bookcase and opens it, showing a photo inside to Sinclair. Mark. I've got a great memory for faces. Sinclair stares at the photo in astonishment and horror. So the others are in the books. Somewhere, just depends on which book. And, and, and this, this is, must be, must be the author. Hello. There's nowhere for anyone to hide in here. But as you look around, there is an old phonograph in the corner. So not like a uh, like a gramophone, but it has a similar kind of, uh, I was going to say tube, um, similar kind of opening at the top but it connects up to a, again, to a record-type device beneath it. Oh, I'll start it up again. Oh, the minute you turn your attention towards it and take a step towards it, it starts on its own. And you can hear this melody start to play that definitely resembles the sound that you heard somewhere, um, say, way back off when you first came up to the, um, to the top of the staircase. Um, you catch sight of the name of the disc and after hearing a couple of phrases, being able to pick out words of this very distorted uh, tune that's being played, the, the, the song is Whatever Happened to Abby. And it looks like it's an old, 19th, again, old 1930s release. You're not too sure. You certainly don't recognise the tune. But as it goes round and round, you can catch that the, the group that apparently produced it were Phil Hart and the Hart Hepps. 
Oh, where is Abby? Where is Abby? Indeed. Where is Abby? And I can kind of look around the room again. Say, say, I'm so sorry for disturbing your work. I just was just wanted to meet you. That's all. As you look around, there is one um, one of those other discarded sheets on the floor that you can see that's been typed up, where the first word on the sheet catches your eye because it says Shaw. Shaw, tell me, have you heard of Stephen Alzes? Louis shrugs. Louis, should I have? Shaw, well, you're an artist. And he's an art collector. I thought you might have crossed paths. Louis chuckles. Louis, he collects comic book art? Shaw, perhaps. Depends on how macabre it is. Louis, you mean like this? Louis hands Shaw a bundle of loose papers, each containing pencil sketches. The audience does not see the artwork, but the look on Shaw's face conveys the horror they inspire. Shaw, you, you drew these. Louis, proudly, indeed I did. Shaw, what on earth inspired you to? Louis, she did. Louis points to the large mirror propped up beside his bed. A shadowy figure moves behind the pair of them in the reflection, even though there were only two of them in the room. Shaw, what the? Louis, not what? Who? She has a name, you know. They all have a name. Yeah, otherwise your your calls to grab the attention of the author seem to be falling on deaf ears. Or maybe there is no one here to hear them. Well, I'm going to roll this, the one that's in the typewriter, all the way out. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take a fresh sheet and put it in. Yeah. Um, and just type um, Smythe colon Sorry, I have disturbed your work. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Period. Mm -hmm. And then return, return. Mm -hmm. Smythe leaves the room to go find Abigail. Okay. Do you want to give me a percentile roll? Um, your target now is, because you are on your own, it is fairly low. Your target number is six. I rolled 20. Is this something I could spend luck on? Theoretically, yes, this is. 14 points of luck it is. <laughs> okay. You don't even necessarily realize that this is what you're doing when you, uh, when you go outside. But you go out and you hear the door shut behind you. You quickly glance over your shoulder. There is no door there anymore. And then when you look around, trying to get your bearings, ahead of you, there was just another door that led into another room on this, um, on this the, uh, the fifth floor. Instead, you can now see a staircase going up again, beckoning you to the sixth floor. I, I, I head up. I... Okay. You continue up and right down this long corridor you can see ahead of you there is what looks to be a crack in the wall that there's 
a whole section of wall which has been broken apart and you can see actually there is a, a littered array of workmen's tools on the floor as if they've just been dropped there. Pieces of plasterwork have been bashed away and beyond it is black from which you can feel this cool dry air gently breezing towards you and depending on how close you get are you walking straight up to it? I'm walking towards it, yeah. You can see as you get closer that there is a room that it opens up into uh, where there is there are a couple of flaming torches which are positioned on the wall, evidently a stone wall. This almost seems to be like a cave with a flat floor and four tunnels leading off into the black. Into the black. And just this, say, this cool, dry air wafting its way towards you. Uh, there's no other doors here? Oh, there are, there are doors left and right. There, uh, These are all marked, say, um, F. But again, they're not in any sequential order. You pass F1, then it's F9, then it's F26. Now again, you, you, hear the sound, you hear the sound of movement behind some of them. But this is your feet are guiding you onwards almost unconsciously this give me an in, yeah give me an int roll 70 is good okay uh, that success in this actually ironically costs you 1d3 san as you realize you set yourself somewhere where you wanted to be you brought yourself to it that is three points Perfect. If I brought myself here, I do Abigail. You have this sensation of into that chamber, and then heading off it. into the black. I will leave you okay. in my path. <laughs> Alice has gone down the rabbit hole. Right downstairs. Uh, Martin and Leon see the doors of the night manager's office open. Step in, FBI okay. agent Martin Lahart. This is Agent Leon Graves. We're here investigating the disappearance of of Abigail Wright. We have reason to believe that you may know of where she might be. Okay. Is this true? Yeah. Um, the man that's in front of you nods and says, "Oh, there's a couple of details that uh, that need to change with this statement." Yeah, but uh, I, I, I I get what you mean. Um, the man that's in front of you, uh, as uh, Roger described previously, looks a bit like Albert Einstein. Wild white hair that goes off in almost every direction. Slightly shorter than Einstein, uh, than Einstein was. So it's kind of Einstein in miniature. Um, the room around you is definitely an office. You can see filing cabinets in a couple of corners. Um, there's a selection of weird black and white photos up on, up on most of the open wall. Um, a quick cursory glance at them um, without lingering too much as you're, you're focused on talking to the night manager in front of you. A um, couple of them look like bombed out, uh, almost like war-torn cities. There's lines of refugees going off into the distance, into Vanishing Point. Um, there's bodies littered over battle, uh, battlefields. They all seem to be war scenes, but they don't really seem like any war that you recognize at least not the aesthetics of anyway um, each one has a caption but 
like you can you can see that it's there but you need to take the time to actually read them um, there's otherwise clutters of paperwork all on his desk um, there's piles upon piles of newspapers which are dotted around the room um, the most obvious one that kind of st uh, stands out to you because the headline is so big you can you kind of catch it in the corner of your eye uh, just well, it looks like it's a New York uh, publication um, but it has this uh, looks like the New York Tribune it has this massive headline that stretches across the top Russo-Germanic pact crumbles Vienna liberated and a big exclamation mark at the end of it what's the hmm. date on the paper uh, if you have a kind of look over um, kind of look over to it uh, July 1st 1923 But yeah, the um, the night manager says, yeah, there, there are some uh, issues that need to be corrected with this story. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, Miss Miss Abigail right, is not miss is not missing. No, she she's she's in the penthouse. Uh, she's she moved up there after breaking up with her. Uh, what was it, what is it? Um, uh, boyfriend. Yes, the um the salesman in um F ten. They they had a. Uh, I think she says uh, she she had a better offer. She got an uh, an invite to the uh, to the room upstairs. He has several. So you're the you're, you're the night manager. Where do you go during the day? Um, he just points towards the door behind him. Says, um, "I I sleep during the day. I I am awake awake at night. I take care of all the leaks and the uh, the plumbing in this in this place is." Uh, is uh, somewhat hard to keep on top of. In some some of these rooms uh, have a, have real problems, you know. And it's all, all What's on this me. building called? It's the uh, the hotel. Mm. And what year is it? Yeah. Yeah. What is you, the current date? You, you know, honestly, I I lose track of these things. It's just one one day is like another. I, I have my duties that come down from the super. I have to I have to make sure that all the all the guests are in their allotted rooms. I have yeah. to make sure that all the plumbing is taken care of. That all the repairs need to be done. It's it's a never ending, never ending task. But it's it's all on me. You have work orders, don't you, for everything you just mentioned? What dates are on those? Yes, yes. Uh, well, they, they don't have work orders. It's more of a case of it's just the, the order number uh, that comes in. It's just, yeah, I've got to jump in on these things as soon as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. For Hopper and Charles, because the door's still open, you, you can hear what's going on. Okay. If you did want to kind of yell, uh, yell around the corner, you can interject. Charles, would you... Purposely staying right next to the door, too. How Charles many uh, floors exactly are there? Ah, <laughs> uh, they—that is—that uh, is a question even I even I cannot answer. <laughs> uh, how how many floors are there between here and Carcosa? This is a this is this is a nonsense question. And Carcosa? Yeah, back back home. You, you're suggesting that this building a single building reaches to another city why why does this have to be a single building Sing singularity is a very restrictive concept no okay i think we're, this we're, is getting... we're, we're gonna go we're gonna go <laughs> this is circling around where 
Abigail is missing. There are people outside of this building, her family members, that are reporting her missing. So she's she is, she, well, she's in this building and she's being kept here. No, she guys, she guys, can we leave her a message? Can you send uh, Abigail a message? Um, you could go and talk to her yourself if you wanted. She's just in the penthouse. Say she's at the, at the ha uh, having a ball at the super's party. We don't have an invite. I'm sure that can be arranged. Charles, why don't you go downstairs and see if if you can open the front door and there's our world out there. Could you grab Spirit and head down to the front door? Take the dog with you. Okay. Okay. Great. You Hopper just sent away the what the guy who was gonna cover us. Could, I, I, the, the super. I'd like to ask. Um, could you page or send a message to a Beverly Clark to have uh, have her meet us here in this lobby area? Um. I can. I can try. It depends. Depends where she is. It would be very appreciated. But if you can send a message to Beverly, and if you can send a message to uh, to Abigail, who's in the, the penthouse, and just tell her if, if she could pull herself away from the ball for just a moment, we would uh, really love to speak with her. As, a, as we both said, her family are worried about it. Um, yes, I say I, I can try. That'd be much appreciated. Okay. Um, well, if you'd like to, uh, you'd like to uh, vacate my office, I will obviously need to uh, go up and have a word with uh, with the boss. Um, yeah. See, so I'll lock my office while I'm while I'm out. So uh, please, please, though, make your, make yourselves at home in the smoking lounge. Uh, there is plenty plenty of drink to um, to have here. Plenty of uh, cigars in the uh, in the walk-in humidor. Um, plenty of uh, say, uh, books. Um, he turns around and just picks up a book idly off the uh, off the desk yeah there's there's always this if you want if you want to have a read um, hands you a beaten up copy of a, uh, a paperback novel uh, called lady don't fall backwards by darcy sato hands it I, to don't, I don't take I don't, I don't take the book guys uh Oh, uh, why don't you come back down down here and join me? Uh, Charles has gone downstairs to make sure, like uh, Martin said, that the door still opens under the real world. He'll be back up in a minute. He's got the dog with him. Thank you, Supervisor, uh, our Superintendent. Um, I'll take you up on another time, but right now um, I'll pass on. Thank you, though. Yeah. In which case, so he shuffles you out of his office and then reaches to a chain key that he's got on his uh, belt, locks the door to his office, and then slowly, as he kind of hobbles a bit, uh, maybe a hobble or a limp, walks over to the staircase going up to the next floor, and you just see him take one step at a time slowly, and he starts heading up. Meanwhile, downstairs, uh, Charles gets to, the front, uh, gets to the front door without any problem. Um, as you get down to the second floor, there's nothing weird on the third floor, um, as you get down to the second floor, um, you hear the sound of what seems to be a party going on from Michelle's room. 
Um, you can hear the sound of definitely a murmur of a large crowd in her room and the sound of like, chamber music, like string quartet maybe from in there. Uh, put my ear to the door. Okay. Um, as you put your ear to the door, the door actually swings open partially. So you've got a little crack that you can look into. The apartment is much bigger than it was last time. Um, the internal room is still this uh, wonderful bibliophile's uh, dream come true, where there are bookcases everywhere, but then there are gaps between them as they actually form doorways that go into another room opposite that, where there's more bookcases. Um, you can hear the sound of many people in here, but you can't see anything. It's almost as if maybe they're maybe in the one or two, maybe even three rooms further on from here. But you can see from this just this little angle that, yeah, this isn't just one apartment room. This is a room and then another room and then another room and another one. All of them lined with books. I take my pen and without breaking the door frame, I push the door with the pen so it swings open. Yep. In which case, swings wide open. Uh, you can see there are more leather-bound chairs which are here. Um, it has this feeling of being this nice old... Of old, somewhere between a uh, kind of a gentleman's club and a library. But it sounds like there's a party and I don't see anybody. Yeah, they seem maybe there are a couple of rooms over, but they seem distant. They don't seem to be in here. It's not like an, it's not like the dog where you can sense that there is a definite presence here. But this is just distant sound. I, uh, I mumble to myself, keep my eye on the prize. And uh, I turn around and I walk towards the door. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, you head back down then, so heading back down to the first floor. There's no sound here um, from any of the rooms because the occupants are all up in the smoking lounge. Um, the doors to all the rooms are shut. The front door, you can see New York traffic pulling, uh, going by. In fact, there is still an ambulance parked outside where they're pushing uh, Mr. Louis Post into the back of the, tr uh, the, back of the ambulance. I, I'm going to stop and look. Are they animated or are they stuck in a pose? No, they're moving. You can see that he's still, uh, well, he's still sedated. But yeah, they're, they're basically getting the gurney lift up and are pushing him in the back of the ambulance. Now, I figure at least an hour or two has passed, right? At least. Yeah. At least, yeah. Now, does the doorknob turn? Yeah, turns. So yep. I'm going to reach out and turn the handle, see if it turns. It certainly does. The handle turns, you open up the door, and the normal smells and sounds of New York outside come wafting through. So I'm going to keep one foot inside the building and step with my other foot out. It's double yep. door or is it a single door? It's double doors. Double door. So I'm going to reach out and pull the other door open. Mm -hmm. And be like, hey, what hospital are you taking him to? Well, we we just said a minute ago we're gonna take him. We're gonna take him downtown. All right, Saint Saint Mary's. Yeah. What, what time you got? I need it for my report. Sorry, it's it's been a bad day. Um, he looks down at his watch. Uh, three minutes past eight. All right, thank you, and I'll let the door go. Okay. Yeah, door shuts. I'm gonna reach in and look at my watch. Three minutes past eight, but the second hand, it goes tick and doesn't go any further. 
not where you what not where you look at it anyway. Sanro? Hmm? Sanity roll here or oh. for everything that uh, No, that's just weirdness. It's I don't okay. think it's sanity shattering. Alright. I'm gonna close the doors, pet the dog, give him another piece of the pretzel or bagel, whatever bagel it was. You can have some bagel left. And then uh, head back up to the group. Okay. Right. You, in which case, you make it all the way back to the or the, the, the threshold of the fourth floor, say the uh, the entrance to the smoking lounge. So what's the verdict, Hopper? What time you have? Uh, it's a uh, Jesus Christ. My clock, my watch stopped. Um, no, it didn't. Well, yes, technically it did. Guess who's in front loading uh, the guy into the ambulance? And our, our patient that I had to sedate. They're, they're still there? Yeah, it's still 8.03. So there is a time dilation. The time is that we're stuck. Time has stopped. We've been in here at least two hours and 40 minutes by my calculation. Maybe more. I don't even know. So we're already in the anomaly. If <sighs> we exit, we'd go back in the, the normal time. I believe so. I was able to interact with them. I double-checked what hospital he was going to and asked him the time. Did so, you uh, happen to stick your head into Abigail's room? Was uh, Yeah, there's... Uh, and I shake my head. Uh, it's a lot bigger, and there sounds like there's an, uh, not an orchestra, like a band or something playing and music, but from, from, from uh, way back in. That was Michelle's. That was Michelle's room on the second floor, uh, not Abigail's room. Yeah, I knew something was wrong with that. Michelle's room. I wonder what Abigail's room looks like. Okay, well, walls. guys, at this point, we're all compromised. Do you want to go back down and check? Let's go. Yeah, let's go have a look at it. Well, uh, Beverly's not through. going anywhere except there. Uh, Beverly and Abigail is being paged and contacted by the superintendent to meet us here. All, all Was it the superintendent on, or the night manager? The the uh, the person we were just talking to. The in night the manager went to talk to the super. That's what you said. Oh, okay, right. I wouldn't think that a superintendent of a building would be like in the penthouse, but that's yeah, crazy. Should, let's go check. Should, let's go check I'll, the rooms downstairs. I'll wait here. I won't go in, but I'll wait here for uh, for Beverly or Abigail because if they may be returning. All right. We just summon them, and then if we leave, that's not going to. I, I, I wonder how big this building actually is on the inside. Maybe we should all stick together at this point. Okay, well, if we go down quickly, I'm sure they won't have Beverly and Abigail return that quickly. This is just supposedly one or two stories downstairs. I'm not sure that, that time is actually flowing. All times might be the same time here. Anyways, let's go check the room. I'm Now I'm insanely curious. Since I've already been compromised, I said so much in my note. In my notes. Okay. All right. So you 
you're all heading down apart from Martin, who's waiting for the the super or Abigail or the night manager or whoever to come down from upstairs. Right. Okay. right in which case, the three of you get down to Abigail's room. Uh, the door is still as was. Uh, you open it up and it has indeed changed. There's still an empty room in terms of furniture, but there's all this stuff that still lines the walls. But maybe it's just that you're seeing it in a different way, but it seems like all the colours in the room are accentuated. And this forms a massive collage that depicts a scene, almost like a panorama, that you're seeing on the far wall as if, oh, in fact, I'll start from behind. That probably works better and then work round the room to the view that you see in front of you. The scene on the back of the door and the walls to your left and right seem to depict this sprawling city that's quiet and dead of architecture that maybe resembles the ancient world or perhaps the renaissance it's hard to hard to pin down any one time period it's almost as if it's a, a mishmash of different times all put together and then the walls that run perpendicular to where you are on the left and right so the side of the walls just depict overlooking this large well is it a lake or is it is it clouds it's hard it's hard to say it's almost maybe a cloud lake uh, or mist riding on top of the um, top on top of the waves and the far wall is just this sprawling palace almost gormengast like a huge construction um walled uh exteriors towers that rise behind the twin moons that stand in the very center of the wall you see it you see the the overall effect of the it it it, it is a piece of art it's it's like a collage uh, creates a, a larger picture that's weird so the more i look at it the more clear it looks too you have the feeling well in fact you can give me anthropology roles as well if you like I will spend three luck to pass hey there we go right, um, yeah this seems almost like a work of religious devotion this is this is a shrine to commemorate or to glorify this this place that it's depicting this this palace this city this lake i wonder what uh, city it represents out of can we still like so we can see all the stuff can we still see the stuff that's underneath it so like uh the 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 the, the fake legs and the radios and all that stuff we can still see those Oh, but yeah. just through those, we're seeing these the colors. What about the, the symbols that we saw? Oh, they're all still there. Um, including, if you're looking around, you can give me a spot hidden roll. Yep. Pass. Uh, pass. Just regular. Okay. Those of you that pass find that occupying the central space 
where that where those twin towers rise behind the moons um, you can indeed see that there is a another symbol there that forms almost bridging a gap between two of the otherwise alchemical symbols that you saw previously mm-hmm. and that were shared to you by uh, by agent marcus it looks somewhat like this so you can give me some sanity rolls for everyone that saw it i'm i'm standing in the uh in the doorway sort of half in the hall half in the room just sort of covering it do i see it from there um, if you've passed your spot hidden roll you can indeed see it from there i failed oh, i'm sure somebody's <laughs> gonna point it out <laughs> i passed oh, i, I got a well. triple zero Oh, jeez. Oh, oh. Compromise. <laughs> so all I of my myself. being careful has now backfired. Led you to this point. Well, in which case Hopper realizes as well that as this symbol starts to slowly turn in front of his eyes, that suddenly it's not just this collage of random junk with all the colors accentuated around you can see that there are this wonderful realistic as if a picture from life painting that has been painted onto yellow drapes which hang all around the room and the sound of this orchestra that you can hear wafting through the air vents and from somewhere way up above um you can cross off six points of san and give me an intro please anyone else that failed it's just a d6 but for rolling zero 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 you take the full hit i lost two matt okay. uh and i got a hard on my intelligence roll. what if you uh if you pass what do you roll pass just one okay i took i, I passed just okay Right, in which case, everyone at this point has had... One of you is lagging behind. Um, Styles hasn't lost that much sand at all. But everyone else in the room has lost three, um, three, at some point, three sanity rolls. You hear a woof from the corridor. There's a long grey-haired mastiff dog stood by Charles. The only person that doesn't see it still is Martin, but everyone else can see the dog now with this almost contented grin as its tail is uh, wagging backwards and forwards and it's panting, uh, kind of nodding approvingly as you're looking into the room and seeing the yellow sign. What what are you looking at? Charlie, I can see the dog. Me too. I can see the dog. I cannot see. I don't see what you're seeing. This is not good, guys. This is... You're the only one that's not been compromised enough. Um, God, uh, Beverly must have been hit hard because I mean I can see the dog now, but I've got no want or need to go running up into that place. Right, me but Yeah, we need to to get her and get out of this building. I'm Do sure we need we to get her? get her? Do we need to get her? You, you know, she, she's a, she's our team member. Uh, yeah, but as Charlie put it, our training. If we if she's if she's that far gone, we eliminate the threat. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm falling back on FBI training, not uh, not. Uh, uh, yes. Oh, um, I, I passed that intelligence roll by the way by a hold of hard. Okay. Your 
realization here that somewhere in the back of your mind this sparks a realization that something here something that that symbol represents is a channel of power that something has left its mark here and has been is able to funnel its power directly to you uh, to, to this place your That's... mind is your mind feels like it's teetering on the edge of a razor blade that at any one moment this could be like a house of cards that will come tumbling down but that moment is not yet here can i uh can i ask have i seen enough to connect the dots with the encounter that i had in new orleans oh yes people that yeah. um the people that worshipped the that that play that symbol that king that yeah. is the crest of the king that they follow and also the they were talking about the uh when wild was talking about what who he was working for i would have made the mm -hmm. uh fuck okay guys listen the last time i encountered uh uh, people who were drawing this thing and worshiping and all this stuff they were wearing suicide vests and they took out an entire family uh in new orleans so these this i mean this is this is really bad news these people who who believe in this shit and believe in this kind of stuff they're not right in the head okay and people die from this shit i think that so we're all not right in the head at the moment yeah, but not obviously to the extent. I mean, do you have a need right now to go out there and worship a king and wear a suicide vest? No, all I can think of at the moment is retrieving my notes and pinning them to the wall in this room so that we know that the Delta Green people will find them. Yeah, but then they'll say, what happens if they if we don't get out of this and they send more people in and it's just a... Vicious That's why I want them to find out feed. before they get We're into what we're feeding the beast. They're going I to mean, send door, people anyway. Wait a minute, Leon. They're going to, Leon. They're going to send people anyway. Hold on, time is stopped right now. Compile a letter, hand it to the paramedic, and tell them to deliver it. We can't hand it to an uh, an outsider like that. It's got to be something that nobody notices except Delta Green. Can we uh, can we contact uh, Michelle Van Fitz? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We should have a flip phone on us. Mm -hmm. Here. May not work in here. You might have to step outside, but that's doable. One of us can Let's... hold the door open. Oh, that's right. We're out. We're way working? out of sync. Yeah, your phone works. Um, it's only got a couple of bars in here. The reception isn't brilliant, but the closer you get to the front door, another bar pops up, and another one. All right. All right, I'm going to dial the number. Uh, the uh, opera was not very good. Uh, it's uh, uh, the ending is is really awful. Um, uh, uh, check the room. You'll find something. Mm -hmm. Click. Yeah, mess message saved. All right. Oops. Upstairs, uh, Beverly goes into this cave, and again, you can feel that there is this wind rushing over you. This seems old. This seems 
in fact ancient you go down a couple of stone steps to get down to this stone floor and then there are these four tunnels that lead off into well first of all they look like they go into black but the, if you squint hard enough and you look further into the black you can see maybe look like little pinpricks of blue light down there and the occasional sound of running foot, uh, footsteps way off in the distance. Um, your feeling of wanting to get to Abigail leads you towards the second, cor uh, the second tunnel and you step into the darkness. Can you roll me 3d6, please? There's going to be a fair number of dice rolls at this point. Okay, let me get more dice. Mm -hmm. We'll do these all together. This is again where I need to keep track of things as well. So. I need to find the yellow ones to be <laughs> appropriate here. There's 3D6. no other color. No other color. <laughs> yep, 3d6. Uh, total, do you need them separately or all together? Total. Total is 11. Whoa, okay. This is going to take a little while. I now need... 11 percentile rolls the only result i'm looking for is three or less you can spend luck on the roll if you wish when you first when you hit one of those numbers well when you hit three or less i need to know which roll you made it on okay roll one that's a 10 you know what screw it seven luck <laughs> so your first your first roll first roll Okay, right. So that's one out of 11. Uh, now it's a spot hidden roll. Uh, 99 is a fail. Gosh, damn. <laughs> okay, right. So that is our one is a failure. Uh, you can attempt another. So this that was your first roll of 11. Mm -hmm. Number two of 11, you can roll that. Again, your target is three or less. 18. No. So roll three, 17, uh, roll four, worst, roll five, roll six, roll seven, roll eight, nine, roll 10, roll 11. Okay. So that's a 12. So that's going to be eight more points of luck to make it on the 11th roll. Oh, so you, you get it on the first and the last. Yep. Okay. Right, you can give me another spot hidden roll then. No! 82 is a fail. Wow. <laughs> nope. Ouch. Yeah, this, this is a particularly... It is a particularly hard thing that's happening here, but we'll, we'll get back to it because there may be chance that you can get another attempt at this. As you are walking... You are walking for hours and hours and hours. This is evidently some kind of subterranean labyrinth that is not so much a planned one, but definitely a series of tunnels and caverns that open up way below the ground, which extend for miles and miles and dotted almost everywhere. Um, some are at 
uh, head height, some are down on the ground, some are at waist level, are alcoves carved into the stone where there's the bl this blue light is shining from, uh, from behind the alcove or the, the back wall of the alcove, where in each one a blue bottle sits of ornate design each one i need to find my name <laughs> that's what those roles were for yeah. to see if you could mm. see a if you wander into the area where that uh, where that is and b do you spot it you've wandered into at least the you've as you've wandered back and forth throughout the labyrinth you have crossed over yourself a number of times and have come to at least one spot twice but you have failed to spot the one that has your name on it But if you want to continue wandering, then you can. But yeah, there is a name on all of these bottles. So before I needed to find Abigail, and mm -hmm. it's led me to here. And now I need to find my bottle. Mm -hmm. Well, we will leave you then for the minute at a crossroads that as you have wandered for well, your internal clock would say this is this is hours upon hours upon hours, maybe even as much as half a day. You get to one corridor where fine or one tunnel where there is finally light at the end, and you can hear the sound of waves breaking on a shore. That's way ahead of you. When you get maybe halfway down that corridor, the bottles stop. And there are no no more alcoves. You are torn between going ahead will take you in the direction of Abigail. Behind you will lead you further into uh, back further into the labyrinth where you know that somewhere in there there is a bottle with your name on it. We'll leave you to ponder on that threshold. And cut back to the others. I, uh, I think now that we have been compromised, we might as well see what the extent of this anomaly is. Maybe we'll survive and be able to tell somebody about it. What do you think? It this anomaly looks like uh, it goes on forever. So exploring going on forever does not seem like a logical plan. That just seems like we're going to get lost and this will consume us. Well, maybe. It may have already consumed us. We could go up and try and find Abigail. Yeah, I mean, that was our original charge, but that was more so from an FBI perspective. Well, you know what? That was our original charge. I've got to ask the question, though. Abigail went missing. Someone used a credit card. Well, I don't know about that. Somebody stole her wallet. Yeah. Well, something like that, yeah. Um, Cause, I remember, mean, that's the, what, the signature that's what was not hers. Here. But that's what I mean. That's what, that's what brought us here. Someone used her, her credit card and knew her signature what about this boyfriend guy that traveling yeah i mean i saw him downstairs maybe she explained to him how to use it in in our world and he used it 
Uh, you think these people can leave this building? Well, we can. But we could. Why don't we ask Mr. Rourke uh, when was the last time he left the building? Yeah, but it depends on where he left the building. Uh, that, the guy was saying, this isn't one building. The, 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 the night manager that said, this is not one building. He said, singular, there, there's multiple buildings. He's calling it the hotel. So what if they can get out but it's not our outside. It's a different outside. Right. Mm -hmm. It would be the time that they would have. I don't know. Because he also said it was 1923. I, uh, that's not surprising. Anybody who steps in here thinks that it's the year that they stepped in exactly. here. Exactly. Which means if they step out, at, they might step out in their time and it still be the time when they first stepped in. That's We're a, good in a guess. I see, yeah. Because when when Charlie stepped out, it was the, it was the same time as it was the normal time. And you said there was nothing outside the windows. Well, we we were looking down downstairs. We looked out the windows downstairs, and I looked out the window downstairs. And it's just a, it's like looking into a bunch of different rooms. There was no outside. We have to go back upstairs and see Martin. No, I came down with you. Oh. Uh, because we were just going to come down here very briefly and then go back up. Yeah, we were we were waiting for uh, somebody to come down and talk to us. Let's go back up. Yeah. Okay. Beverly and uh, Abigail, hopefully. And, and we'll just go in. I think we're in. We're already in. Yeah, Leon and I went in, and it didn't seem to have any adverse effect. I think it's just if we see stuff like what was back in there, that's when things get bad. You know what? Maybe our best position is to treat anything that we see or experience as if it was perfectly normal. You see a giraffe come walking out with a drink in his hand. Okay. That's normal. And uh, maybe that's the way we can navigate this building is just by treating it as... Prepare for the unexpected. If it was normal. I think we should all stay together. Yeah, let's all stay together. Yeah, I agree. Let's go up, taste the whiskey, take a look in those books, see what's there. Okay, sounds like you're heading into the smoking lounge then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you head on in. Feels like a normal room. Definitely no adverse effect when you step inside. Okay, there's still the gramophone record playing. So there's nice jazz music filtering through the air. Nice smells of tobacco. It's a well-stocked bar. Um, there's Mark who sat there, uh, swirling whiskey around in a glass, taking a sip from it. He says, ah, oh, you're back again. We decided to uh, take advantage of the, uh, the situation. Oh, good for you. Yeah. So, Mr. Rourke, when was the last time you left the building? Can left the building? Um, well, ever, ever since I gave up my job, really, and just decided to move, move in permanently. That was quite a while back, huh? Um, may have been, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I, we've begun to realize that time doesn't really mean much here, does it? Ah, okay. Yeah, you, you're, you're a quick learner. <laughs> well, not very quick. Um, oh, quicker than some. Perhaps. So... We have some amenities. We have what kind of whiskey is it? 
what you're drinking? Oh, just fairly, fairly good. Oh, fairly good scotch. A fairly good Excellent. scotch. Yeah, there's whole load of liqueurs up there as well if you want. Some some of the bottles are a bit, uh, hmm, yeah, mis- mystery booze. Mm-hmm. I'll take a nice cigar. Mm-hmm. I'll uh, I'll see what kind of whiskey you got. I'll taste the whiskey. I'll join Charles Charles for uh for a cigar. Um, music's interesting. Um, kind of saxophone, kind of um, haunting. Yeah, it's a, a Saxon trumpet uh, piece. Uh, so, yes, trumpet, trumpet. I don't know why I got that mixed up. Uh, sounds vaguely familiar, but... Uh, um, so what's upstairs? You said that the penthouse is where the super is? Yeah, the super's having his party up, on the, um, up in the penthouse. There's the floors in between. Um, then there's the other guests which are which are staying here. In between here and there, how many how many floors are there? Did you say? <laughs> he just shrugs. <laughs> okay, smiles. so going up the stairs, you just eventually will get to the penthouse. You don't have an elevator. Oh, eventually, no. no this place was built before elevators. Oh. And roughly, how many guests are staying here? Similar answer to the floors. Could be hundreds, could be thousands. It all depends on how many people have passed through here in the past. We're but, in the Infinite Hotel. That's where we are. Well, it's it's not infinite because there is a start and there is a finish, but it's uh, let's just say flexible. But there's there's everyone who's come here has come uh, come here for a reason, and uh, everyone has come here looking for something. Some people have decided that to find what they're looking for. Others have, like me, have made the best of the situation. I want to ask Mr. Mr. Rourke, what do you know about the King in Yellow? Yeah, it's a fine play. It's a a work of supreme art. Um, The author's working on a new version for the New World now. Um, I understand he's making some inroads. He's been asking a few of the people here that have called him to uh, to provide their critique on some of the... uh, some of the pieces. It's all Abigail, you know. She found a copy in a bookstore for, uh, nearby and brought it back to share it amongst everyone here. And they, they all read it, and then we came. So, this building was added to this group of people who all exchanged the play were added to this collective. Yeah, they, they called us. And you said Abigail moved upstairs. What uh, what room has she moved to upstairs? Well, she was in F10 for a fair while, but she's moved up to the penthouse now. Like I said, she got an invite, so she went to go and join the super at his party. F- F10 is where the boyfriend is. Yeah, she, thankfully she moved away from that creep. I mean, he's I've, I've never liked him. He's a, he's a piece of work. Does he have a name? He's just a salesman. That's all he is now. That's all that's left of him. Always running between jobs, looking to sell his next batch of encyclopedias. He'll be doing that until Alderbron burns out. Until Alderbron burns out. Do I remember seeing any books in in, uh, um, Abigail's locker down in the basement? No, there's no books in there, but there is one room that you know has a lot of books. 
Michelle's the room, room. I'm in now. Michelle's, Michelle's room. This room, but also, although all the books in here all appear the same, they're all leather bound. They're all yeah. um, they're all unmarked. But Michelle has the biggest collection of books in this um, in this building by far. And from what Charles had said, that library has expanded several fold. Hmm. What's what's I, what's in these books? And I go over and I pull down one of the books. Okay. Flip it open. As described before, porn and lots of it, and Just some put pretty. This right here. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty graphic uh, stuff. <laughs> some sort of French, French art here, huh? <laughs> ho ho ho! Yeah, take a look at this, Leon. Oh, oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's your fringy porn. Jesus uh. Christ. Um, we. Um, and you say Michelle has a lot of books. Mm -hmm. um, hey, uh, Charlie, you, you want to come, uh, come have a look at, uh, at Michelle's book collection with me? Yeah, absolutely. You don't want to go upstairs? No, Michelle's. I know, but you don't want to go upstairs? Yeah, I'm going to go check out the books. I guess we're going to check out the books, but we'll be back. Okay, I'm not planning on going anywhere. <laughs> they didn't, and, and as we're walking down, I, I'm like, they didn't seem to remember what night or day is. So mm. I think that once you're in here, if you stay in here, you're here Forever. Yeah, but it's weird we, because we met some of them when we came in during the day. They were in the building, though. Yeah. We've never seen any of them walk out but of the building. But there's got to be a, a trend. But they changed. We saw them change. Their demeanor, the, the way they acted. That's true. Yeah. They, how they were in the day and then when they were in the night. There is a cycle. They were spot in the, spotted in the exterior laundry mat, the deli. Uh, I'm afraid then, to say this is why Delta Green is very careful about agents. We are now compromised agents, but what the hell? It wasn't 8.03 sunset? Or 8 o'clock sunset? 8, eight o'clock exactly was when the sun went over the horizon. Yeah. That's when what's-his-name came out of his room and started bouncing around like some sort of weird vampire going mm. up the stairs. Um, and uh, Thomas started putting the uh, recording device back under the... What's that all about? He was recording the party. There's nobody in there. We were just in there. You know what? Let's go... Well, there was... Uh, didn't you say there was something coming... The noise coming out of Michelle's room, Charlie? Yeah, from deeper in. All right, let's, let's go to Michelle's room. The, I want to see if I, can, if I can find this book that... Uh, Abigail bought and brought to this place, which has obviously caused all the fucking problems. I'm gonna destroy it. It feels like we're on Fantasy Island. You know, I just we had a Mr. Rourke. A disturbing oh. thought too. Uh, yeah, they did act different in the daytime, but now time is not passing for us, so we might never have a daytime. Maybe there's still a time limit to how long you're in here. It passed for you, didn't it, uh, Charles? When you stepped out briefly to check on the ambulance, it yeah, passed three as seconds. Soon, as soon as I stepped back in, my my second hand stopped. 
So basically what we're ascertaining is we could step out the doors right now and just leave this all behind us. Possibly. Possibly. I wonder if we're out of sync now with you, Charles, because you've, you've been three seconds out of the building. If you and I step out. Check our watches. We, well, we, don't, we didn't sync them. We'd have to sync them to see. Yeah. Um, well, let's try. We can sync our watches now and then try. I mean, what are we going to learn that that's that our guess is right? But I think that I think that I get it. I think that this building and perhaps other places in the world are all somehow melded together into one gigantic hotel yeah. that goes. What did you say? All the way to Carcosa. I don't know what the hell that is. Well, that's what yeah, the night manager said. Just said. Carcosa. Yeah, he said to Carcosa. It sounded um, like a city to me. Well, it sounds like, uh, from what this Mark guy was saying, Abigail bought a, a copy of this, this the King, the King of Yellow, Yellow book, which, as I said, I've had fucking problems with that before in the past. She brought it in here, everyone read it, and now everything's stuck in this. So what if people have been finding this book or whatever the hell it is in different places hmm. and this is what happens this maybe is the, we should look for that book when we're in michelle's that's what i'm going right, let's go let's go let's it. go and go. and destroy it yeah this oh, should yeah. not be well, going out read this, it this is this is i'm gonna read it I'll probably destroy it yeah it's just a book yep, destroy it this is what's causing book. this problem this what is we like want to do Venus at least one. is find out what this carcosa is okay Right. So we're going down to Michelle's. Okay. Leave so the dog. Go. Well, the, the dog keeps following Charles. Oh, I don't think we could leave the dog. <laughs> so like you, you head down a couple of. <laughs> you head down a couple of floors. Might as well look crazy. <laughs> you head down a couple of floors and get to Michelle's uh, door, um, still partially ajar, so you can hear the sound of. Uh, Definitely some kind of party or mingling happening inside. Who goes in? I'll walk right in. I'm going to look yeah. and see if I can find a yellow buck on the wall. Yeah, I'm going to try and <laughs> sign. Okay, those of you that are looking for a particular book, give me spot hidden rolls. Okay. 37 out of... go. 49, which I believe is just a pass. Where is it? 37? It is. 37 out of 60. Okay, so two passes. I failed. I'm okay. staying at the door. All right, you are keeping yourself uh, keeping yourself there. Um, in which case, I'll ask for a listen roll from Martin. Oh, six. Oh. Double oh, um, six. You hear, because um, if I remember right about the geography, let me pull the map up for one sec. Yeah, there we go. The end of the corridor that you're in, so beyond Michelle's apartment, there's this is over the front entrance, effectively. There's a closet that's there. You hear the sound of footsteps coming from that closet as if it's through the door but then a long long way away yeah are the steps getting louder or 
they, they seem to be walking perpendicular. So it's all again almost Doppler shift. You can hear them coming closer and then getting further away. But I'm not seeing anything. No, but the, the door's shut. Is is uh, Hopper, Charles, or Leon near the door? Uh, they've gone inside into Van, uh, Michelle Van Fitz's apartment. All right. Um, whoever's the closest, I, I, uh, uh, Charles, Charles, could you come here for just a second? I, I walk over. I, I've heard footsteps, but I'm not seeing anything. But since you all see things that I can't see, do you see any commotion down there at the at the end of the hall? Sorry, look. You can see the empty. Uh, you can see the empty corridor and the door at the end that goes into the closet. I'll walk down and open the closet door and go. I'm going with him side by side. Okay. Right. You, as you're both present, you can use your combined total. What's on your mind as soon as you um, as you open the door? Me? Oh, whoever's whoever's opening it. What is what is what is the thought going through your mind at that time? Mine was thinking of the girl who whose room this is. Ah, okay. So you're thinking of you're thinking of Michelle. Yeah, I just couldn't think of the name. <laughs> All right. Uh, you can give me a percentile roll. Your target is eight. Oh. Mm, I got eighty-five. Okay. You well, there's one eight in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, you open the door, and it's an empty cupboard. It's an empty closet. Back inside, uh, with the two that did pass their spot hidden rolls, you're looking around for yellow books, and yeah, you, you see a few that are definitely leather. Oh, uh, not leather. Um, yellow covered, um, coloured. That's the word I'm looking for. These all seem to be collections of feminist poetry or feminist speculative fiction. There's nothing here that screams or has a title King in Yellow on it. So you'll, you start getting a bit frustrated thinking, well, if it's a book called that, surely it has a yellow cover. But your eyes settle on one book on the shelf on the top shelf that's almost stood apart from the others. Almost as in reverence, like those who put the Quran would put it up on the top shelf. Right. A book that you're fairly sure from the spine, because there's no title on the spine, that looks like it's bound in snake skin. Hmm. I wonder what this is. Pop it down. Any title on the front? There is no title on the front, but there is that symbol that you saw downstairs. Hmm. Worked its way into the scales. Bingo. Flip it open. I'm not looking. <laughs> the King in Yellow, a play in two acts. Written by anybody? Does not have an author's attributor, um, attribution. Well, it's a play. I'm going to look and see what the, uh, the uh, cast of characters is. Okay. Now, there's a fairly lengthy cast. Uh, you start off with uh, Queen Casilda, then there's Princess Camilla. There's uh, Prince Aholt, uh, High Priestess, um, not the High Priestess, High, um, High Priest Noah Tolba. Uh, there's Aldones. There's quite a long list of what appear to be the uh, referred to as the Court of Yitil. 
And there's also Guard 1, Guard 2, etc. Um, the Stranger slash Phantom of Truth. And then finally, right at the bottom of the list, The King in Yellow. So didn't did we see the uh, invitation? Uh, if Beverly showed it to you, I think she did because she did pull it out, if I remember right. I didn't uh, say it. I, I had briefly like let you look at it. Okay. And then I... There was a there was a something on uh, on uh, Beverly's uh, invitation about this Casilda, mm. who's the character in the story, the King of Yellows, in here on the bottom. Uh, I wonder why he's if he's the whole book why it's he's at the bottom of the list. It's not alphabetical. Maybe he appears later in the book or towards the end. Well, mm -hmm. let me let me ask you this: You ever read Edgar Allan Poe's The Mask of the Red Death? Well, yeah. <laughs> but but he appears in the very first scene. Yeah, but multiple people play the Mask of the Red Death. What if it what if the King in Yellow isn't necessarily like it's it's a similar sort of situation where I don't know, let's see if I can find a reference to the King in Yellow, see what he says. Can, well, if he's at the end of this conversation or <laughs> Yeah, you can hear this. Yeah. Well, remember the Wizard of Oz? He don't show up till the end. Yeah, good point. That's true. Give me an English role. I speak English. Speak in a Dutch. Hope so. Uh, pass. Yeah, I got a hard pass. Same. <laughs> okay. So you're you're both looking through this as you're flicking through it, then, yeah. 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 Okay. Right, you're getting a rough outline of what's happening here. Uh, it starts off with a fairly dull, so the, the yawn is probably quite well-timed, because the, the first act is dull as dishwater. It's pretty shit, really. Uh, it seems to be a kind of court, a uh, royal court drama yeah. um, involving the, uh, the court of Yitzel that is a city-state um, currently held under siege by another nation called Alar. And that they are basically having their resources drained. They are running low on morale. And there's just, this, as it's referred to, this dull, unending, dreary siege. But word comes to the court that there has been a stranger sighted in the city, the city of Yitiel. That how has he got in through the, uh, through the whole siege, this whole army surrounding the city-state? So they call him to the court to explain himself. And he says that he has come here as a herald to deliver a message, but it should be a message that is uh, given amongst revelry, that it should be that the court should hold a masked ball for the rest of the city for them to improve morale. And it comes towards the end of the first act where the stranger reveals um, that this kind of mask that he wears on his face, it isn't a mask, it's his face. And that by his coming here, Yitil will now become part of Carcosa, where the dread king in yellow that resides across the Lake of Harley reigns eternal. And this, the proclamation is given by the king that arrives at that point to say, everyone that is in Yitil will now wear the pallid mask. And the end of Act One just ends with this "Not upon us, king, not upon us" plea from Casilda to avoid through anything to avoid this fate that should befall them. Act two, skimming the book, just doesn't seem to make much sense. 
that it seems to be from the little fragments that you're comprehending that there seems to be some kind of a method of a skull attempt for escape that they're trying to the court are trying to do anything in their power to avoid this fate and trying to escape Yitil before it becomes part of Carcosa. But the king is already here and the king has already installed uh, instilled his law. And that he is an extension of something that resist uh, that exists way beneath the cloud waves of the Lake of Harley. Uh, it's presenting it's presenting you with almost revelations about the nature of reality the nature of the insignificance and inconsequential nature of the individual compared against the cosmos and that in particular these these people are now nothing that they are just part of a, a dream an echo that will continue on until the very end of time when even when it says when Aldebaran's star, when the red eye of the bull, Taurus, finally goes dark and all the stars have burnt out, that the king will finally have illimitable dominion. Uh, you can all, uh, for those of you that are reading it, the two of you, uh, roll 1d4. That's how much sand you lose. Two. Three. What a lousy play. <laughs> Except that part at the end. What are you guys reading? We found uh, the king in yellow. You weren't reading that? No, Leon, weren't we, we, we didn't, saying... No, we didn't we, read it properly. We, we just we skimmed, skimmed But it's... It's powerful. I don't see how this is... At the beginning. Yeah, I don't know how... There's something weird causing, and compelling about it. I don't know how it's causing all this problem. It does seem to indicate at least in this story, that there was a kingdom, and when the king in yellow came, the kingdom was absorbed into Carcosa as oh, part of it. Oh, shit! That's what has happened to this building. Something Hopper, has come... Hopper, you heard a voice say you're the only one who hasn't removed your mask. In fact, now that, now that you've uh, had that line prompted, you flick back towards the end of Act One, in fact, the last scene in there, and there is a discussion back and forth between, uh, between Camilla and Casilda and this stranger, where indeed they ask, come now, we have all laid aside disguise but you, it is time to unmask. And the stranger replies with, I wear no mask. Yeah. And there's that... that response of no mask question marks no mask exclamation mark uh, i i wear no mask yeah and then you found a mask on the ground so are you are you the bringer of all this shit uh, that's ridiculous well where's the mask now do you still I, have I, the mask i think i left it in the other room just on the table did, and didn't you say beverly found one as well she did she said there was a whole room full of them downstairs, but we didn't see any masks. We and we're hearing we're hearing a part go on. Well, we didn't see any dog before either. What did she see when she put on the mask? Oh, jeez, I don't want to put on the mask. I want to. I want to see where the party is. Yeah, give me the book. Book's yours. Yep, you can take hold of that. That needs to go back to uh, 
Delta green when we get out of here. Put it in a put it in a green box somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing about? This it's not as if you could destroy the book. Um, yeah, of course I can. It's made of <laughs> undestructible materials. Yeah, um, like steel. <laughs> oh. Well, if there's that copy and 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 that. Wait, is there? No, no. I just. Uh, there is definitely only the one copy. Yeah. Okay, I was gonna say, I was like, what the? F uh, if there's a like a a bin of some kind in the room, mm -hmm. uh, I'm gonna drop it into the bin and then uh, scrunch up some paper and stuff around it, and uh, it's uh, I'm gonna have myself a little bonfire. Oh, uh, no that's not a good idea. I think that's a very good idea. You, you, you're probably right. It's probably a terrible that's, idea. That's, that's an, that's a, an, I mean, I'm already doing it, right? That, so that, uh, that's an A cell thing to do, not a not a not a one of what whatever we are. Yeah, we don't well, have the time. Our our lead head agent is gone fucking AWOL, so I've got no one to tell me not to do it. So. We're all we're well, I'm telling you not to do it. I'm not gonna stop you. Yeah. We'll see where the party is. If no one stops you, you burn the book. Yeah. All right. Nice little bonfire. Meanwhile, uh, you go in deeper into the room. You get about five rooms deep, and always the sound of this party or the sound of this gathering always seems to be further away. But you finally oh. get to you finally get to a room where you can you find Michelle sat in a big chair uh, with a glass of wine, reading a copy of Handmaid's Tale. Um, she puts it down on the edge of the uh, the edge of the chair. Uh, oh, I didn't hear you come in. Sorry, I, I, sometimes I don't hear. Um, I don't hear people knock. Oh, sorry. It's a big, big building you got here with a lot of books. Oh yeah, I'm very, very proud of my collection. Uh, uh, sorry to intrude. We're just wondering what the hell's going on in this building. Something's going on. Well, I mean, your room wasn't this big this afternoon. What do you mean it wasn't this big? It's always this big. Do you recall visiting with uh, Miss Beverly Clark this afternoon? Oh, that nice, nice young lady. Yeah, I remember her. Yeah. All right, thanks. Okay. Pop by any time. Just takes a sip of a red wine and continues reading a book. Let's go find uh, Beverly. Yeah. Ah. So we're now we're now going to change plans back to what I said originally to go extractor. Before you were saying not extractor because that would be a delta green uh, policy. Now we're moving to an FBI policy of extracting our team. Whatever. All right. I thought we were going to wait for the night manager to come back and see if he'd been able to contact. Well, we haven't been up there, so we better get up there. All right, I'm I'm for one go at getting Beverly and if we can Abigail out. I'm not but, so sure at this point that we should leave. Yeah, okay, I'm not in that camp. No, I <laughs> definitely yeah. not Upper. in that camp. The problem Upper. is, don't you understand that we'll be taking whatever this infection is with us out of the building? It's the leave. book. The book's destroyed. The infection was just burnt. And yet. Everything is exactly the same. Because we haven't stepped leave. outside. 
the book is just a book. Yeah, this building might need to be taken out. Let's yeah. let's go up, get to the night manager, find Beverly, try and find the the missing girl, and get the hell out of here. All right, let's go. All right. All right. You ascend two floors. You head back to the smoking room. Um, there's no one here now. Even Mark's gone. Matt, I have a question. Are mm -hmm. we thirsty, hungry, tired? Do we have to go to the bathroom? No to every single one of those. I I, I kind of... That, that's in my head. I didn't say that to everybody. Okay. I just wanted to make note of that. Okay. Mm -hmm. All, right. All right. So you have the, the locked door to the night manager's office, or you have the staircase going up. You know that Beverly went up. Yeah, and the night manager didn't come back down and knock on his door. I, I don't know. He's not here. No response, and the door is locked. <laughs> I mean, I can unlock it for you. Yeah, unlock it. Okay, I'm going to kick the door. <laughs> I'm not going to even ask for a roll. Uh, you give it a swift kick. Uh, the door breaks off its hinges and kind of lulls to one side. And yeah, it, it's, it's open now. Doors unlocked, Harper. Well, let's take a look inside. Okay. Right. As previously described, then you have this very cramped office. There's a couple of filing cabinets uh, in the corners. There's these this row of black and white photos up on the wall that are sort of bombed out cities where they've got this. Uh, each one has got an inscription on the bottom of it. There's also then uh, the stack of newspapers. And there's another door which goes through the other side. Uh, okay. There's no marking on that. What's the inscription? Or what's one of the inscriptions? They seem to make no sense whatsoever. Um, for instance, one of the pictures you see is of this bombed out wreck of what presumably may have been a, a high street or row of shops. Okay. Um, it's called Downtown Tulips. And then another one of this line of... Uh, refugees snaking off into the distance through this wooded area that's been evidently um, an area where there's been heavy bomb shelling, so like artillery strikes. It's called Sovereign Carriage. They they don't have any correlation between title and subject. And also this is definitely not any scenes of any war that you're familiar with. Um, there's no real sign of uh, uniforms of soldiers, at least the ones where there are bodies on the ground, they don't look like uniforms you're familiar with. That don't make any sense. I'll walk through that door. Let's go see. Probably where he sleeps. He sleeps beyond the door, because when you open it up, there's no lock. It just goes into this almost closet-sized bedroom. Um, there's a an old bed that kind of cover uh, that almost runs the width of the room on the other side, so it's that smaller room. Um, there's a bedside table, and on the table, apart from this little uh, little night uh, nightlight, is a leather-bound folio book that seems to be almost the, the pages in the room almost loose and falling out for the uh, for the majority. Okay, I'll uh, open up the book and take a look. Okay. It looks like it's all handwritten. So some of the pages may be missing. It's it's hard to tell. But it's a collection of what seems to be 
almost genealogical records or tracing a family tree. Uh, mm. When you go, if you flick all the way to the front, um, the first line just states the Imperial Dynasty of America. I'm just going to toss it on the bed and say, it's not here. Let's just go upstairs. Uh, see if we can find Beverly. Hopefully she hasn't gotten up to to level 493,229 by now. How big is the book that was there. It's folio size, so it's fairly big. Oh, no. Folio's big. Mm -hmm. oh, yep, you, all, you all head upstairs. Yeah. Okay. When you get to the stairs, or when you get to the landing, you say you have this uh, crossroads, but you have corridor going left and right and then straight ahead. What is your objective when you get to the top? She find Beverly. Yeah. Stay the fuck together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. You get and, to the... T Go ahead. And stay on target. Get Beverly. If Abigail's present, great. And then exit building. We need to stay focused. Well, remember, once again, we, we had really nothing to do with finding Abigail. We had to find what was wrong with this building. Oh, yeah. Oh, we found out what's wrong with the building. Yeah. Abigail bought some kind of crazy. Well, if we can, if we can find Abigail, that's fine. But uh, we got to find Beverly. I'll take it you're walking and talking at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, would someone, in fact, we'll leave this to Stu as you're the one with the lowest luck. Uh, do you want to roll me a d4? Oh, a d4. I'm going to go in order of the people that I see on the screen. All right, here we go. It is a three. Okay, that's you then, because uh, I've got Hopper as one, Charles as two, Martin as three, and then Leon is four. So this is you. Um, as you're walking, suddenly one of the doors on your right-hand side opens and this guy just runs out straight towards you. What do you do? I draw my uh, handgun mm -hmm. and uh, freeze. He ain't freezing. He's just running at you wild-eyed as if he's got his arms outstretched as if he's going to try and grab you. Um, like half a second to react. What do you do? Okay, I'll extend the other arm with uh, the taser to tase the guy. Okay, give me a the, fighting the, roll. The stun gun. All right. Uh, oh, no. And, and it's a handgun roll, right? Yeah, that's a miss. If it's, a, if it's a projectile taser, the one that fires the two, yeah. two wires, then yeah, that's a handgun, handgun roll, yeah. Got it. So you, you shoot and miss? Yeah, by six. Okay, I don't need to bother rolling then. Uh, he just runs up towards you, and instead of him grabbing you, uh, he actually just wraps his arms around you and gives you a hug. My God, you're fucking real! You're real! <laughs> get me out of here! Just get me out of this goddamn place! You can see that he's wearing a almost what looks like a boiler suit um, that has um, AT and T inscribed on one um, on one arm. Interesting. Oh. You, you're you're here against your will. What do you mean here? Here I have no fucking idea what's going on here. He's the cable guy. He yeah. came to install the cable. Yeah, no, disconnect. Um, that that that. 
madman on the ground floor that that the Roger is, is I think Roger his name is I, I, I got instructions to come down here and pull the pull the plug on his cable because he hadn't paid his bills in like a couple of months to come down here no, I started off by going into the coming on the ground floor, and then he, he said for me to go and have a word with this night manager upstairs. And I've been, I've been wandering around here ever since. I can't right. find my way out. All right, go right back there. There's the stairs. Go down and keep going down, and you can go right right out the front door. No, 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 no. Come here. That, 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 it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Look. What date did you come here? Twentieth uh, of March. That's about right when uh, they stop paying. Yeah. Um, that, that's obviously when Abigail brought the book back. We were just downstairs, and you can walk through the door. It, 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 you're probably going to be back on the 20th of March when you walk out the door. But I, I've been looking for the way. To, I've been looking for the stairs down for days. If I can't we look back, If we look back, can we see the stairs down? You're at the end of a you're at the end of a dead end corridor. There's another door in front of you. Fuck, <laughs> Hopper, you piece of shit. Uh, just, just, just come with us. Why am I the piece of shit? You're the one. Because you were the one that's like, let's go up here. I wanted to go up here too. Uh, I did too. You know what? I can put you all out of your misery if you want. <laughs> I'm the one that wanted to go back up here. You're the one who made the deal for the. Whatever. We gotta find Beverly. I made the deal. What the what? If if you are as a group single mindedly following Hopper and Hopper's intent is to find Beverly, is that right? Correct. Unfortunately, yes. Which case, Tom, you can give me a roll. Your target number is getting higher, twenty seven. A roll of my a regular dice? Just percentile. Yeah. Okay. 27. I want to get 27 or lower. Yeah. I got 17. Okay. Right. In which case, then, you start walking uh, walking onwards, thinking, well, this is a bigger corridor than... Uh, you see a couple of other side corridors. Again, with just more doors going off into the distance and more turns. That There must be something up here that she must have followed the route of least resistance, the bigger the, right. bigger the corridor, you think. So you keep on going straight ahead. Um, you get to a T-junction, and you see signs of life. I mean, this is a, a good 50 yards ahead of you. Um, at the T-junction, there's a door, and a man walks into view, um, somewhat overweight, but he sees, um, well, he sees the door and then sees you. And just this look of utter panic comes over, uh, comes over his face. And he quickly starts fumbling around with his, uh, fumbling around with his uh, belt, trying to pull a key off it that he tries to frantically get into the lock and try to, uh, try to open the door. What do you do? There's a guy. Well, I, and I, 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 I rush towards him. Yeah. Okay. You rush down the corridor. Uh, the other three? What are you doing? Yeah, I'm going to try and grab him. Like, so. I've okay, got my, so. uh, my gun aimed on him. Okay, so you're standing there, gun in hand, taking aim. Charles and Hopper are running forwards. What about Martin? I'm staying with Leon, but I'm standing away out of the 
his uh, shot. Okay, so moving to one side. In which case, Hopper and Charles, you start running. You've got 50 yards to cover, so it's quite a bit of ground. You can see the guy's fumbling. He's looking over his shoulder, just this look of abject panic as he finally gets the key in the door, turns it, opens the door, and slips inside and then shuts the door closed behind him. Damn it. At that, at that point, you get, to, you get to the door. You haven't heard the click of a lock. Okay. I'm going to kick it open. You kick it open. Give me a dex roll, please. It's not going to be there. 24, and my dex is 70. So that is a hard. In which case, you retain your balance because you kick the door in, and the door falls into this lo looks to be an elevator shaft, which goes straight down. You, f uh, you basically stop yourself from following through. You can just, if you peer over the edge, you can see this shaft going down and down and down into black. Jesus Christ. Can you give me a sound He's going to help you. In fact, both, both of you that are there and looking through the yeah. uh, door can give me a sound check. I got an 05. An 11, I passed. Okay, one point for pass. Uh, and I just turn around casually and I start walking back and I, I say, perfectly normal. As my heart's beating. There was nothing inside but an empty elevator shaft dropping down as far as we can see. So where what did else he go? Uh, he must have just disappeared into the ether. This, what this place is doing to us. The place is fucking with us. When, when Martin and Leon, after having looked at Hopper to hear his story and then look back down the end of the corridor, there's just a blank wall. Where Can that I do was. a psych check on, on, on Hopper? How about the guy? Um, the guy that was with us. He is just standing, he's actually taking way back behind, well not way back, he's keeping fairly close to Martin, but he's keeping behind him. And he's just, he's just shaking his head and going, this, this is the reason I hide in, hide in the empty rooms. I, I just scavenge the, got any cake or flat champagne I find anywhere. I've been living, living like that for days. You find cake and champagne everywhere. Oh, there's loads of it all over the place, party favors. Uh, cinnamon right. sticks, little cakes. There's, there's, there's a fucking waiter that comes around here with a plate full of jellies. So you get hungry? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, we can't worry about that right now. Um, Leon, do you want to just take a look in my eyes? Yeah. See yeah, if I'm yeah. crazy? Just... Yeah, yes, please. <laughs> yeah, I'm completely bananas. I think we all are. Uh... I passed. Okay. Um, you are honestly perplexed when looking at uh, when looking at Hopper. Something tells you that he has taken a fairly big psychological shock. Mm, yeah. But his body language and the way he's acting is almost the seeming as if nothing's happened. Harper? Uh-huh. You've seen some stuff tonight. You've 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 we've all kind of gone through a lot and and uh we we you know me and, and, and Tucker and, and Martin seem to, you know, acting normally with how you know we we can see that we're all shocked but we're trying to work through this. You you seem to be like 
you're not in shock. You're like, you, you, I know you're in shock, but you're not dealing with it. You're just sort of like, what's, what's going on? What is, what's going with your head, man? Talk to me. Um, what can I tell you? I'm in Delta Green because I've seen things before we came into this fucking building. Yeah, but you're not, it's like, it's like nothing's getting through. I'm, I'm purposefully blocking from getting through. I don't know if that's entirely healthy. Well, let's not worry about our mental health while we're inside of a fucking building that keeps changing and moving and, and it's attached. We're probably not even in the same city anymore. We're, we're somewhere in between. We're somewhere between, we're caught between New York, the, the moon and New York City. I don't know what the fuck. Um, so I, I, I'm going to turn to the, the cable guy and say, so you say these rooms off here, they're, they're empty rooms and sometimes you find stuff in them, right? He shakes his head. They're not empty. Some of, not all of them. Some of them are, some of them aren't. As he's talking, uh, out of the corner of your eye, you might see Charles kind of looks around as if he's heard something. And it was around the time when Hopper said, uh, this, this fucking place, etc. Uh, you swear you hear the sound of vigorous lovemaking, like two people really going at it in, one, in a room fairly close by. Listen to that. You're, you're, some people are born in. I am not going to provide sound effects. But no, I'll do that later. <laughs> oh, they they sure. sound like they are really going. I try and go towards whatever room I think it is. Yeah, it's, it's a couple of rooms back from where you are. I've got one round the corner, in fact. The corner wasn't there when you last, when you last looked, but it's there now. I'm gonna Don't walk go to too the... far out of sight, Charlie. Follow no, me. Walking on the... There's plenty of porn downstairs in the books. You want to walk in on somebody boning? And I throw open the door. Oh, God. Okay. You throw open the door and the sound immediately stops. The room is this wonderful boudoir that's been set up. There's a very thick pile of carpet. There's this four-poster bed in front of you that is completely covered in blood. There are shards of chrome metal, which are uh, as if they've high-velocity impacted into the bed. And then on the wall on the back, written in this blue-black ichor, is this, uh, just the one phrase, where's my bottle? Question mark. Can you give me a sand check, please? Oh, four. Okay, just the one point, please. Oh, you don't want to see this. Yeah, we don't want to see it. Can we find Beverly? Scrawled in blood, it says, where's my bottle? You, in which case Hopper said, you, you, you want to find Beverly. Wait, yeah. You notice that there's a crack that's running along the edge, between, along the edge of the wall, between where the wall and the ceiling meet. There's a crack there. You see that? Yeah. Yeah. Stuck in the foundation. What, yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. But there's something you said. There's this. Where's my bottle? Yeah. Was there some reference in one of those plays about the a bottle with the name I on it? Look, I don't know. Martin's page ended with him being handed a bottle. Oh. 
With his name on it. Hey, Martin, you still got that page on you? I sure do. I, I kept those folded up here and we printed them out. Styles. What's, what's in the bottle? World without end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Down there. Drink and you shall see. The super gives him the bottle. Styles. Yeah. Styles' conversation was with the super. Uh, Tucker's conversation was with Mark. Who is Beverly's conversation with? I don't remember. But this makes sense. World without end. That's where we are. We're in a yeah. world without end. It's... Well, no, because didn't um, they, Mark say it's not infinite because there's a, there's, a, there's a start and there's a beginning. So there's a beginning and an end. Well, we haven't drank so from that... the bottle. Right. So there's if you drink from the bottle, it becomes infinite. Unless we're in the bottle. I don't know. Bottle. Let's find Beverly. And but not drink anything. How, how are we going to find Beverly? We're gonna I don't know. She you said goes, stay on track. That's our track. Find Beverly. Okay. Nothing else say, matters. As you say that, that crack gets larger. You can visibly see it run the length of the corridor. You see that? Maybe it's like Beetlejuice. Find Beverly, find Beverly, find Beverly. The walls either side of you collapse. The ceiling uh, falls in and bounces off, uh, bounces off your head with all the uh, all the weight of a paper uh, paper cup. The whole thing falls flat onto what now you, you are stood on is this vast stage overlooking a dimly lit um, auditorium where there are hundreds upon hundreds of life-size mannequins all sat watching motionlessly this stage. Everything around you, the walls of the, uh, the night floors, have all just fade, have fallen to the ground as the things they truly are. Just plywood stage props. All the mannequins in the audience just, stand, uh, just stare looking at you. Their strings slowly being pulled as they all start to file out of the auditorium. The world around you is nothing but an illusion or a stage. Everyone give me a sound check. <laughs> Damn it. I should never have watched that fucking movie. I found it. Uh, pass. Uh, okay. Yeah, pass. I passed it by three points. <laughs> well, 23 out of 77. Pass. Those that pass, it's one point. Those that fail, it's D6. Ooh. So I'll go, around, I'll go down the line and collect who has got what. So, uh, Leon, what did you get? Uh, I passed, so I took one. One point. And Tom? Passed one point. Operata, one. Then uh, Charles? Four points. Four, good, good. And Martin? Uh, one point. Passed sanity. Okay. As the hundreds of puppets, these marionettes start to rise up and then start to walk out of the auditorium, filing up the central aisle away from you. Looking around wildly, you can see that there is a crack in the backstage. Um, there's littered uh, tools all over the floor that look like someone has hammered their way through the wall of the back of the theatre. 
and it opens up into this stone room where you can see a faint dim light, but otherwise this cool, dry air wafting over you. I, I lost. That's my 10% threshold also. And nothing happens yet. Okay. Just... <laughs> As um, you, you have the impression, as, as I mentioned to Hopper earlier, you feel like your mind is walking on a razor blade's edge. That the any moment it will tip, but that God. moment is not yet. Guys, guys, I swear to God, I had no idea that was going to happen. Okay, what I, I, the at fuck? this point, at this point, it's it's pretty clear we're not getting out of here like this. We're not getting oh. back. This is... We don't even know what reality is anymore. Maybe we're maybe we're uh, maybe we're drugged. Maybe I all of this is just anything. a drug-induced nonsense. Well, you wouldn't remember it because you were drugged. Um, there's the the, uh, the warm air wafting through that. That's the only way to go, I guess. Where did the... well, let's try what you just tried, Beverly, Beverly, Beverly. Your feeling of trying to look for Beverly is indicating you to go through that crack. Okay. I think we're supposed to go through the crack. Your crack. Jesus Christ. Stop saying his name. He's not going to help you. I don't know. Maybe he's here. Maybe God's just a big prankster. Oh, my God. All right. Let's go through the hole. All right. Yeah. Through the hole. Into the breach. Is it just, just empty space or what is it? No. Oh, no. You arrive in the same place that I described to Beverly earlier. Um, you're in a room or a chamber after walking down a f short flight of ancient steps that lead into this uh, chamber with four tunnels leading off it. Each of the, well, the, the world certainly seems to be moving for Charles by the look of it. <laughs> <laughs> Going through the crack was. was uh... Traumatic. Everything fell apart. But let's let's wait for just a second. <laughs> what happened? I have a shit. My monitor burnt out like two weeks ago, and I haven't been able to replace it. So I got a shitty little TV that I converted to a monitor until I could buy a new one. Uh, and uh, it doesn't have brackets. It doesn't. So I literally have a, a five-pound weight sitting in front of the monitor, holding it up with books, and. Everything just decided to to give. Uh, that would have been perfect timing for when the when the stage appeared. <laughs> oh man! Well, it is when Leon did it the second time. <laughs> okay, you're you're in Sorry this chamber. About that. All right. Um, there are right. there are four tunnels leading off it, where you can see in the dark there are these faint blue lights. Again, your your direction is taking you down the second tunnel. To try and find uh, to try and find Beverly, yes. and as you walk, you can find that in these alcoves all around you, there are ornate glass bottles. bottles. Each of them has, like was written in Martin's sheet or in Martin's page of the play, there is a small metal tag with a chain wrapped around it so it can sit on the neck of the bottle, and each one has a name. Now, each of you can roll me 3d6, add them up. I want to know the highest that anyone's rolled. 3d6? Mm -hmm. 11. 
Oh my Ten. fucking god. Fourteen. Okay. How many how many D sixes? Three D six. I got three sixes. Ah. Okay, eighteen. So it won't go any higher than that. Now we'll go through this in sequen uh, sequential order. Roll number one. Again, your target number is three. Everyone can roll it. How many um, dice? What are we rolling? Uh, this is percentile. Oh. Okay. And you can spend luck if you want to bring it down to three or less. Oh, how many times are we rolling? Well, well, it sounds like we're going to get one. To, we're going to get a winner on the first roll. <laughs> I got an 06, but I'll spend three points to nice. make it a... Okay. Um, others can do this as well because it just means others get this um, to get the attempt as well. Okay. The minute we've got one winner. Okay. I failed on the first roll. Okay. Martin? I rolled a 34. Okay. Oh, I, I got a three on my fourth roll. Okay. Well, we'll, well, I'll count that as four, but yeah, we're still resolving the first one. So you didn't get uh, on the first one then. Yeah. No. Okay. So it's only Charles that gets the attempt this time round. Right. Not hidden, please. Just for, just for Charles. What, roll again? Spot hidden. Oh, spot hidden. I didn't hear what you said. That's right. Sorry. Fuck. 89, I missed. Okay. Right. Uh, well, say so Zane's done rolls two through four already. Yeah. Uh, so roll number two. Everyone can give me a roll to try and get three or less. No. Five. Okay, roll number three. Ooh, that's a 13. I'll spend the 10 points. Okay, so we've got one winner at the minute. What's Anyone the target have? number for roll three? Three. Oh, oh. <laughs> 81. Okay, Hopper, spot hidden, please. Oh. Uh, 21 out of... Uh... 60. We have a winner. You come into a chamber as you are. This is after <laughs> a good three hours or more, by your reckoning, of wandering this labyrinth. You are evidently somewhere way down deep. So this is deep level subterranean natural caves. But off in the distance, every so often, you can hear the sound of running footsteps. And across natural tunnel, um, natural junctions, you even catch sight of a man in a pinstripe suit carrying um, carrying a briefcase that just runs across the corridor, and he's he's there, and then he's gone. Following him, maybe into where he's gone to, you arrive in a circular chamber, where again there are alcoves irregularly scattered all over the walls. And thinking that this is a wild goose chase, trying to find, trying to chase this phantom of an encyclopedia salesman. Your eyes rest on a bottle in an alcove that has inscribed on its tag, H. Legrand. I, I look around, grab the bottle, and I put it in my jacket pocket. Okay, you probably end up carrying it because it is quite big. Um, oh, it's big. like a decanter. Oh, uh, okay. You can see that there's some kind of liquid in it, maybe. It's just got a stopper on the top. Hmm. I'm gonna pop the stopper and take a look. Okay, the 
coil of smoke rises out of the bottle and whatever impression or shadow of there was a liquid in there before disappears as it rises out of the bottle and those dances like a, a dancer doing a pirouette in the air round your head and a voice that only you can hear a whisper a female whisper indeed the same voice the sound of abigail's voice that whispered in your ear when you were back in the shrine that she built downstairs in what was once her room when she was on earth just says to you i am at my journey's end and now I dance to the music of eternity and will do so forevermore until the king's dominion is illimitable. To seek me is to join me, to suffer my fate, to suffer my doom. There is no rescue, for it is truly a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And then the smoke disperses. The cork back in. Guys! You doing okay there, Hopper? You look white as a ghost. I found my bottle. Don't drink it. There's nothing to drink. It's empty. Oh, that's weird. But I heard a voice. It's Abigail. She says not to try to find her because if we find her, we join her. And she is forever dancing the eternal dance of, I don't know. Tango. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, but we gotta find. Let's go home, boys. No, we gotta find Beverly before we before she joins Abigail. Yeah, these are not good. So this can this smash a bottle? I go up to one and Don't smash it. Smash my bottle. Not yours, but one in the alcove. Uh, you go up to it. You hit it with evidently a good degree of force. Your gun bounces off it. I think these have our... This is what our souls go into when we die. I'm going to shoot the bottle. It's going to ricochet off and hit somebody, dude. Okay. Um, you go bang. And again, it just ricochets off. Uh, everyone give me a luck roll. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no! Sorry, Matt. Nobody ever listens to me, do they? Well, I'd already done it by the time he... I have failed my luck roll. It's 11. It is... It's, oh, I, nice! I, I got to show you this. This would mess up the... It's 11. <laughs> I wouldn't believe you, but I failed. Oh, shit. So I just shot Hopper. It's okay. Okay, it's only... You're only winged, so oh. you, you take the whole damage. You um, Roll 1d3. Right. All right. The hell are these things made out of? Animantium? They're made out of magic. What do you think they're made out of in this place? You're made out of magic. You're made out of you're made out of blood and guts that I'd like to rip out right now. This this was I think roll three yeah. of your of your sequence. So you're only spending three hours down here. Beverly has spent much longer down here. So as you are contemplating whether you're gonna go back and look for your bottle or whether you continue on to go to the shore, you sent me your message and uh, saying your intent. You start walking down toward uh, along that corridor back to, uh, towards the shore. You hear a gunshot ring out, not that far away from you, back behind, um, somewhere behind you. Hello? 
And the other four hear Beverly's voice echo through the corridors. Beverly! Hey, Nutcase, where are you? Beverly! We're all Nutcases at this point. I, I'm at the shore. Oh, yeah, but she's the supreme leader of the Nutcases. You've gone all the way to the end of the tunnel. You can see this sandy shore, or some kind of sandy and pebbled, that goes off in either direction. And what should be, it sounds almost like water lapping in front of you, are just clouds. Fluffy white clouds, almost like a mist. And along the shore, where these cloud waves break, you can see a palace stood on the shore. That's Carcosa. Lights twinkling in the windows, the sound of a waltz playing, and the sound of hundreds of revelers taking part in this almighty... Sorry, is that all of us saying that? No, that's just Beverly, because she's at the uh, entrance of the tunnel when she hears the gunshot behind her. That's nice. I have an invitation. Beverly, if you go, you're never coming back. Beverly, where are you? Because we can't see her, right? No, you can hear her, but you can't see her. So if we can find her. He's, she's not far away. I've come this far onwards to the palace. Okay. You start, um, in which case, the four of you start running, trying to find the direction of her voice and find this long corridor. The bottles stop and then just the stone wall continues onwards. You can see ahead of you, it opens up onto a shoreline. And as you get to the shore, or get to, get to the end of the tunnel, something Beverly didn't see because she's not the one that found her bottle. But Hopper spots that there's a dark recess off to the left, just at the very end of that tunnel, which looks like another tunnel going off, or more, like, more accurately, a corridor. And you can see a door at the end of it with light shining through around the edge of the frame. There's a door over here. Do you see this? Check it. (laughs) Do the rest of us see it? Yeah, once it's pointed out to you, you can see it. I think she's over here somewhere, but let me go check this door. I don't know why I'm attracted to it. Mm -hmm. I got your back. Wait, I'll open the door. Okay, you step into almost pitch black and then reach the door itself and open the door and it opens onto the second floor of the McAllister building. So Michelle's apartment is on your right. Off ahead of you, you can see at the end of the corridor, it just disappears into black. So where there should be the stairs, there's a figure stood there in a yellow, well, yellow robes, not tattered, but hooded and a tabard across the front of them with the yellow sign emblazoned upon their front and a face that looks like a porcelain mask. Only you know, having read the book, that is no mask. I'm not going to... I think it's a way out, guys. I think it's a way out. I don't think... What do you see? I I see the second floor of the McAllister building, but there's, there's something here. The thing that... I think it's the super... (laughs) <laughs> you, you hear a chuckle from the end of the corridor this deep mocking laughter that almost shakes the fabric of reality to its core it says I am only his messenger but his herald come to tell you that he is here 
and that time is slowly running out and it just glides back into the dark which the light flickers in the ceiling above and you can now see the staircase it's, it's definitely a way it's out if you want out back, back up to the floors above if you want out this is the way out now all right let's go let's go i don't think that beverly's going to come with us she's yeah let's yeah yeah who can can we uh are, is beverly within sight you can see her wandering down if you poke your head out the end of the tunnel um, and then look down the shore she is way off in the distance walking towards that palace i'm i'm gone i'm down the stairs she won't come back with you even if you get her yeah i've i've got i've got the stun gun if if one of you comes with me we can apprehend her and and uh, or stun her and get her back yeah but we can't take her back uh, like she's going to be nuts you know what you need to do this guy said this time is running out. Let's make for the door and cut yeah, our losses. I'm, I'm, I'm All gone. right. All right, go. Go, go, right. go. So I'm going to stand next to the door and hold it open so that they can get out. Gotcha. Now, question. Mm -hmm. oh, sorry. How far is Beverly from us? Uh, a good couple of hundred yards at this point. Uh, oh, too far, too far to She's shoot. She's just a right? dot. Yeah. In the yeah, too far. Okay, because that's what I would do as an agent. I, if I had a rifle, I would try and take her out and then leave. Well, Hopper can give me a pal roll. 30 out of 60, so exactly. Okay, in which case, the light that's on in the closet is starting to flicker, and you can feel resistance. So this door isn't going to stay open for long. Keeping the physical door open. Go, go, go. I'm going. I'm running. Run for the door. Okay. You skid on through just as uh, Hopper's fine last bit of mental reserve gives way. The light, the light bulb in the closet blows out in a shower of uh, sparks. And instead of there being a corridor that leads off back into the Whisper Labyrinth, there is just the back of a closet. You still feel, though, that even though you're still in the building, you are still in the area of, of effect here. Right. Check our watches to see if they're running yet. I make I've got to get outside. For the door. Yeah, front door. I'm heading for the front door. All right. right. Charles and Leon, run like hell. Uh, Martin? I'm uh, helping uh, Hopper out. What about okay. the cable guy? Right. Oh, yeah, he'll, he'll be with you, because if you want... Um, he's not going to have... I bet he'll be running. He's probably the one that moves first. <laughs> I'm going to try to retrieve my notes, though. Yes, they are still there where you left them. All right. And let's get the hell out, the, out of this building. Okay. You run out the front door and glance down at your watch. It's been maybe two minutes, so it's five past eight by the time you get out the front door. At which point... As soon as your feet touch terra firma and reality as far as you are concerned that it, uh, you consider it to be, the full impact of all the sanity loss that you have ta um, taken inside the building hits you like a, like a freight train in the face. Uh, so this is uh, running totals. Uh, Agent Sampson, that's 11 points of sand that you've cumulatively lost. Uh, Shaw, 11 points. Sinclair, 11 points. 
Styles four. Wow. <laughs> so Styles, Styles. Is comes out of uh, comes out of this with any uh, keeping their sanity. The rest of you, how do you want to react suddenly flipping out? I'd probably collapse catatonically, but wide awake, like paralyzed. <laughs> um, okay. I feel really bad, but I'm probably going to start beating the crap out of Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh, I blame you. I, I try to break it up. <laughs> oh, I'll, let him, I'll let him pull me off. Like, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna be like, you, you made me go up the fucking stairs, you blah! Oh I'm my god, going, you piece I am of shit. going to react with, with total paranoia that I'm convinced absolutely that even this is not reality. <laughs> and I'm going to run away from Leon and uh, grab one of the, uh, Attendant. Well, they're they probably left by two minutes. Huh? Yeah, they've they've gone now. I'm I hugging grab Martin grab it. I hug a tree. <laughs> I'm hugging Martin. Okay, so Martin steps in to try and uh, try and stop Leon beating on Hopper. Charles on the ground is just saying, "I found the yellow sign. I found the yellow sign. I found the yellow sign." Uh, Hopper runs away uh, as Leon starts screaming, "Oh, wait up there! Damn it! It's all your fault!" And as Hopper runs away. The, the few people that are out on the side street of New York here that are all wearing ball gown dresses and party attire, all wearing masks, are all looking at you wherever you go, all through the streets, and off in the distance occasionally, you catch sight, so just going around the corner ahead of you, these tattered yellow robes of a figure that's always a few steps ahead. Uh. And Beverly walks along the cloud uh, the cloud waves breaking beside her up towards the palace of the king in yellow the guards on the front doors uh, dressed in this in this renaissance garb um are standing watchful for whoever comes in and they just look towards you and say uh, do you have your invitation ma'am oh of course they they take it they look to each other. This is all in order. Thank you. I hand you back your uh, your card and gesture. Uh, the ballroom. The king Thank is waiting. <laughs> as you and head inside, the mask that, as you put it on, melds with your face as if it's a perfect fit that was made just for you. As it should you, be. <laughs> you walk into the grand lobby. There are bodies everywhere of people wearing masks, the floor almost covered in blood, of people that have tried to rip this thing off their face and failed, others that have torn, that, torn at their throats, that have fallen clutching at each other, others died by, uh, by sword, by knife. There is just carnage everywhere, scattered amongst confetti and other party streamers. And yet the sound of the waltz goes on. You wander through corridors throughout this seemingly almost undefinably large construct, this palace that goes on forever. Seeing occasionally people running through the corridors in panic, screaming that they can't get their masks off, the screaming that the king has come, screaming that their end is nigh, 
finally opening up into this huge ballroom, the size easily of a football stadium, pillars around the edges, that goes out to this balcony that overlooks the Lake of Harley. Uh, there is an orchestra that's playing. They seem to be seem to be somewhat uh, lacking of blood, but they still play on. Their pale, dead hands still moving in music that will last until the end of time. Dancers in in fine attire and masks, spinning and twirling in a maddening spiral that will never end. And then off to one side, sat there in the finest clothes that an artist could put together, is a girl, not too young, uh, not too old, probably in her 20s, that gestures you to sit down on a on a of a tray where she's pouring herself a cup of tea. Joy, I go have a seat. She extends a hand. Ah, the name's Abigail. Abigail Laura Wright. Beverly Clark. I've been like... wanting to see you for so long. I feel like we've met before. I believe we have. Well, we'll have plenty of time to get acquainted. <laughs> oh, yes. All the time uh, in the world. And all the worlds, on to eternity until the stars burn out. The orchestra erupts in a fanfare. Um, a smile creeps across Abigail's, um, Abigail's mouth as her mask covers, the, um, covers her eyes. She turns to you with a look of glee on her, on her face, or at least on her mouth, but a look of terror in her eyes. It just says, Oh! Look, the king's here. The crowd parts, allowing you a long, clear view down the ballroom to see at the end this almighty throne where this figure that you had only previously seen in the mirror, some eight, ten foot tall, dressed in tattered yellow robes with wings that stretch over the ether into infinity either side of it, with the Lake of Harley stretched out far behind it even though it's maybe 100, 200 feet away from you, a single stride is all that it requires to bound across the room and stand right in front of you. It towers down in its majesty, looking down upon you, and laying a hand on your shoulder, gently and contentedly, it just says, welcome to the dance, my child. A yellow curtain falls, and that is the end of our story. That was great. And now we as mannequins all get up and shuffle. Yep. To the... Encore! <laughs> away. Encore! <laughs> ah. That was good. Wow. Oh, right. That was great. <laughs> Night, Night Floors is quite a ride. The... The end of it, also the last, the last act, if you, if you will, um, can be very, very weird. <laughs> There's a whole load of scenes that the keeper can uh, throw in your direction, but the the key to getting through this is to having a clear goal as to what you want, uh, what you want to do. Uh, to give a bit of background and some of the stuff that uh, maybe hasn't hadn't come up in your investigation, you got the large, the large majority of it. 
Um, Abigail Laura Wright was just an artist. She found a copy of The King in Yellow in a local bookstore, brought it back, circulated it amongst the, uh, the other artists in the building, and shit goes down. But their collective energy, their collective inspiration, they're all inspired by the play to go out and perform new works of art. And they're, they're essentially feeding off each other. And as that energy grows in the building, the closer the building becomes to Carcosa. And it connects to this, think of it as like um, an intermediary dimension between here and um, here and Carcosa, the night floors. It's got the same um, almost substance as the real world, but it's almost as malleable as Carcosa itself. Carcosa is outright chaos, but the night floors, you have the potential to uh, grasp hold of it and mold it to your ends. If you have a particular, if you think of something hard enough, you can make it happen, mm. which is why things like Beverly saying, oh, I want to go and find Abigail or I want to go and want to go to the king. You have to take your, if you're acting as a group, it's your cumulative sand loss that you've got in, um, that you've all taken while you're in the building is your target number. But then Beverly, when she walked off, was uh, just using her own sand, uh, own sand loss as a target number, but still passed the role. Hence why zooming off to the Whisper Labyrinth, which is effectively the belly underneath Carcosa, and then emerging on the lake and being able to head to, head to the shore. Mm. Uh, fi finding the bottle is the one clue that prov it provides you with, if you were doing it in a bigger campaign or bigger set of stories, it provides you with a massive clue that the GM can drop onto the player to help solve a mystery that they uh, either may have previously encountered or they might encounter. It, it's basically a hit me with a plot stick. So in this case, it gives you the evidence to it gives you the uh, knowledge to say, yeah, Abigail can't be rescued. She's gone way. She's gone too far. She's gone to the end. So part of the how it's originally written is it's almost an exercise in to say, well, we found out what happened to this person. If we follow in her footsteps, we're going to follow the same fate. You, it's about knowing where to stop. So when you were saying earlier about yeah, we should just pull back out. That is that is a win condition because you are stepping back and saying, nope, not going to follow all the way to Carcosa. Not me. <laughs> I actually messaged Charlie and Martin after I burned the book and I said, I'm leaving. Mm. Yeah, that, that would be a complete, uh, a complete win in that sense for you because you would have escaped having taken any more sand hit. But it was like, no, let's go get it. Why, what, do you why mean, you? what do you mean win? <laughs> yeah, these, these people have missed out on the only opportunity that ever mattered to them. I gotta run because... Yeah, go ahead. You yeah. can go. You the oh, wait, did we do the, did we do no. the wrap up? No. no. Do the wrap up real quick. Our players include Morgan Llewellyn, Zane Fleming, Jason Melnichok, Stuart Lively, and myself with Matthew Sanderson as the Keeper of the Secrets. Uh, we usually play four times a week and post on YouTube within a couple of days of each episode. We also post the audio versions on iTunes and Podbean. Uh, just so that you know, we don't monetize our shows. The only shows that have ads are because we occasionally use copyrighted music. The music owners get the cash, we don't. Our costs are almost entirely covered by our patrons. Uh, what's not covered comes out of our own pockets. By pledging just a dollar or two a month, uh, you are directly helping us to break the cost and improve our show. So, if you would like to become a member of, of, of a supporter, Visit our Patreon account, just a dollar. Um, you can find the link in the description below. I'm used to the old one. 
Uh, like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Riley, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck, good gaming.